Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Get out the hazmat suits because we're talking some Leonard Fournette fallout today. Are we fed up seeing the social media videos of him getting arrested and then getting released? Do we have problems as a society in cheering for the downfall of professional athletes? We'll talk about that a little bit. Also, we got Gator football ahead of their spring game. We're going to catch up with Will Salmon. And uh, one of the most dominant athletes in sports right now is on TV tonight, and nobody is talking about him. We'll get into that later. we got Eastern Conference NHL bar breakdown and much more. I'm joined today by Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber. Stuart, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm How was that intro, the, by the way? It was great. Thank you, man. You know, it's, a lot of pressure. It's like you've been doing this for a few months, and <laughs> you know, you've been you've been uh, an understudy of sort, watching mm-hmm. how Brent Martineau uh, leads into the shows, and and now you're you're able to to fill in admirably. I appreciate it. One would think that I did a little more homework today, knowing I was gonna, you know, have to do some hosting. They had to talk to me instead of well, Martin. Well, that and just to the fact that I kind of have to lead the show a little bit now. And unfortunately, there was a Star Wars trailer that was released, and yeah, that uh, took some time out of our days. And a press conference that was about three hours long. So unfortunately, I didn't do a lot of homework today. So we're just gonna go. Uh, we're gonna fly by the seat of our pants, and hopefully, it all works out for That's everybody. That's what makes uh, makes quality radio, in, in my personal experience, is the the time when you're just able to to let loose with your thoughts and opinions. Amen to that. In the back, we got Kuz pushing all the right buttons. He's nowhere to be seen right now. Sounds about right. We'll get back to him Good start to the day. Great he's, start, Kuz. He's, yep. yeah, he's nowhere to be seen. He's putting the stream up. He's letting the folks at home be able to see us as a, in addition to hearing us. But, I mean, hey, let's start out with the biggest story um, of the day, really. It was trending on Twitter last night, even. It's a little ridiculous that we got to talk about it again, but... It is the breaking news. It is the big story. Leonard Fournette, um, the aftermath, if you will. I want to start out by saying it's absolutely crazy how people want to hate on the videos of of him getting released, of you know, of like the TMZ style, like he's leaving jail. Here's the microphone. He's going to say anything. Didn't say anything. And people want to hate on that so bad. And, and I get it. It's probably not the most entertaining thing to witness um, as an NFL fan. But my problem is, if you despise it so much, why give it the attention? Why would you retweet and be like, oh, look at this video. Nothing happens here. Retweet, retweet, retweet. Because, listen, I was an NFL player for five years, and I've been a media member a little shorter than that now. A little bit shorter, yeah. Going into a few months. And I feel like... Being in the media, it's all about the views. It's it's all about the content, but it's about how many likes you can get, how many people can see your stuff. So, for instance, there's a video that was circulating about Leonard Fournette getting released from jail, and everyone was hating on it. I saw the video. It had like 100,000 views. And if it has 100,000 views, you take that to the advertising, take it to sponsorships, be like, hey, look at, look at the content that I'm producing right now. So... I have issues with people wanting to hate on things, but then also spread them at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting dichotomy in our business right now, where you're you want journalism to reign supreme, and you you want all these pieces to be that way, but at the same time, your your website or uh, your social media, a, a large portion of it is being devoted towards clickbait, and I, I don't know if I fully want to call this clickbait because uh, there is some news value to it and i say sub because it's yes it was only a traffic ticket but 
it's from somebody in the public eye. It's from somebody who uh, everybody cares about what they're doing to the point that uh, people want to see the reaction. They want to see what he has to say, what uh, what exactly happened, why did this happen? And on top of everything, it was a really slow news day. <laughs> and, and sometimes you got to fill the shows with whatever is the hottest topic of the day. And it just happened to be Leonard Fournette being the hottest topic of the day. Like today there was a, a building demolition. That would have led the way and, mm-hmm. and pushed that stuff all aside. But no, that was today and not yesterday. Another thing, too, that I noticed, and this is especially on Facebook, a little bit on Twitter, but it's uh, it's the ill will that Leonard Fournette is getting right now. And I understand the guy made a mistake, but I've and you know I have friends on Facebook that were calling him out saying he's a thug. I mean, using all these derogatory terms that shouldn't be used over a traffic ticket, over over a mistake that doesn't really reflect his character. But all these fans are just coming out saying how he's a nuisance, how he should be traded, how they should just cut him. Just... uh let him go. And listen, I'm a the Jaguars fan base. I'm a huge fan of. Obviously, I, I played here for three years. Um, I live here to this day. There's a reason why I chose Jacksonville as my hometown. It's because I love the people in the city. But NFL fans are some of the craziest people that I've that I've ever seen. Um, take for instance, Cream Hunt, a guy from the Kansas City Chiefs, was on camera kicking a woman on camera. Browns fans embrace him literally. I mean, no, there were some outcasts from some Browns fans, and there were some people that didn't want to go with the status quo. But the status quo said, well, we're getting Kareem Hunt. I mean, he can back up Nick Chubb. He's a pretty good guy in the past game. We're getting a bargain right now. And granted, Kareem Hunt still has to go through, you know, sitting those games and whatnot, and he has a long road ahead of him. But Browns fans were excited. And it's like, well, hey, he's got a history of assaulting people. Who cares? The guy led the league in rushing in 2017. So... For fans to say, well, let's get Fournette out of here now, I asked Jaguar fans to pump their brakes just a little bit, and here's why. In the past, I think, 10 years, the Jaguars have had one winning season. Now, they've won 8-8 eight and eight before, but they've had one winning season. That what, winning, what a season it was. What a season it was. What a blast. That winning season correlated to two things, a stout defense and Leonard Fournette. So to say you don't want him on the team anymore, tell him to kick rocks and everything – I ask you to to see what's the alternative right now. We got Rawls and Blue in the backfield. I don't see those guys getting every down reps. I don't see those guys taking Leonard Fournette's place. Now, they might be a change of pace, and we're also probably and then Jaguars probably going to draft a quarter or a running back in the draft. But to say Leonard Fournette, you want him out of town, is absolutely yeah. ludicrous to me. Yeah, and and the big thing with that is that the vocal minority lives on social media. Uh, the people who are going to be out there being the most vocal, making these most outlandish statements. And so much of it is very negative. And, you know, I, I grapple with that sometimes just with uh, dealing with interactions with with uh, viewers on social media is that the majority of those people on there just have a, a negative disposition to them. And and personally, I, I tend to be a, a half glass, a glass half full kind of guy. I'm an optimism mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so it, it's very difficult for me 
to, to interact with these folks when there's so much pessimism and so much negativity on there. And you see it come through in a situation like this where everyone just has their opportunity to go in there and get their little digs in and, you know, poke their little prods and be like, ah, <laughs> you know, that's what they live for on social media. And that, not to say the fine people watching our stream and, and listening to our broadcast are those people, but I mean, you see it. There, there's a ton of it out there and it makes it difficult to, to tread those waters out there of social media. Well, let me ask you this then. As a social media society, just as a society in general, are we almost more entertained or are we almost cheering for the downfall of professional athletes? Because I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm not going to throw stones here because we have segments called Ballin' and Fallin'. And during Fallin', I celebrate guys that mess up. I, I mean, not, you know, seriously mess up, but like guys that go, that have a bad day or guys that make a mistake. I celebrate that even in my Stay in Your Lane segment. I'm, I'm the guy to poke fun at people like that because to me, it's more entertaining. Is that where society has gone now is almost praying for the downfall of a professional athlete? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting topic, uh, that's for sure, and, and we'd love people to chime in on social media through our streams and, and let us know what you think. Uh, but for me, w- when I think of it that way, I think a lot of people, and it's not always this, but there is always a certain level of jealousy, not always in a negative connotation, but for instance with the Masters, you're watching these really good golfers, and, and you're at number 12 you know, at Amen Corner, and you're thinking – Oh, I hope he puts it in the water. You know, because you, you, you want to see them do what you do when, when you're in those situations because not everybody's perfect. And, and sometimes, I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know if that's the, the right term for it. But you, you kind of have that, that oh, man, I, I kind of hope they mess up so I can relate to them a little better. Mm-hmm. So is it a negative thing? Eh, maybe a little bit. But you can also think of it as a way of trying to connect to the guy. Because everybody makes mistakes. People make mistakes. I understand. And listen, you, you probably know the answer. I don't know the answer. I don't think anybody knows the answer. But where did we start going uh. as, as sports fans? Because let's be honest. Back in the day, it was sports centers, the top ten. And only the top players were celebrated. Every once in a while, did there be a, you know, a, like a mistake in there. But now it's the not so top ten. I'd, I'd now rather watch the years. not top ten. Well, and yeah. that, and that's my point. Like, when did all of a sudden we change how we view sports? What the, the kind of content that we actually wanted to see? When did that happen? That's the thing. On Snapchat, you have fails. You don't necessarily have successes. That doesn't get blown up as a large <laughs> thing that you want to watch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, when we come back on the show, we're gonna talk some more of Leonard Fournette. Going to talk about uh, the Florida Gators have spring game coming up. Going to speak with a writer from them. And uh, also maybe talk a little Star Wars if we have time. Brent's not here, so uh, I think we can do a lot more pop culture on the show tonight, folks. A lot more pop culture. Stay tuned in, ESPN 690. Austin Lane's favorite monster truck, Gravedigger. You better believe it. That's That's a classic. Dude, I mean, I'm not sure what I appreciate more is Mr. Anderson, Mr. Gravedigger bringing us in or Diamond Dallas Page calling me his brother at the Super Bowl, which we should really get that sound bite so we can have that as an intro to my brother, Austin Lane. Yeah. Oh, man. You uh, you fanboyed Goose out bumps. a lot during Goose the Super Bowl. Bumps. Dude, it's wrestling, man. You know how I feel about wrestling. Oh, yeah. No, you're, uh, you're a fan. And uh, we're going to talk a little wrestling later on the show. Ah. Oh, wait, wrestling. Yeah, Maybe the TV suitor we're going to get into a little bit later, but... Let's keep talking about Leonard Fournette. That seems to be the big topic on everyone's mind right now. It's a big topic on Twitter, at least. Um, a question I had for you, Stuart, being a guy that's you know with with the, the Action Jacks news team, a reputable journalist, a reputable jur- yeah journalist, a cameraman, if you will, too. A little bit of everything. Great on the camera, jack sure. of all trades, that's jack it. of all trades. Well, 
I wanted to ask your opinion about how you feel about getting that access to the players, you know, putting the camera in the player's face like, like we saw with Fournette or like you see on TMZ pretty much every single day. Because I'm going to be honest, I'll, I'll tell a quick story here. When I was getting ready for the Greg Hardy fight, uh, you know, for Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, um, it was a big deal because it was two NFL players squaring off against each other. So rightfully so, TMZ wanted uh, to, to to interview me, basically. They wanted me to come on their show like via Skype or whatever and have me on the show. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big TMZ guy. Um, I'm just not. I don't – it's not like I don't respect it because they have a job to do and they're doing it, but – as far as like an entertainment value to me, I'm just not into it. It's just not my cup of tea. I'm there with you. The, the a lot of people live for the awkward moment. Yeah. Uh, th- like some TV shows, if I feel so like awkward because I know like I know things are about to go really bad, mm-hmm. I'll turn it off. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't want to live for that awkward moment, and TMZ lives yeah. off of that moment. And you want to talk about maturity? Fournette leaving the jail and not saying anything to the cameraman showed a sign of maturity because if that was me and I was walking out of jail, I might have given him a little uh, mush to the face right there and said, get out of my face. So shout out to Fournette for actually being a little mature and handling himself in a classy manner. Yeah, and, and I know the direction you're taking it is wondering about that that style of of journalism, if you want to call mm-hmm. it journalism, well, that, that aspect of it. it it's interesting for us because – you wouldn't necessarily see us in the sports department approach uh, a player that way because of the fact that, you know, we have this rapport with the team, with the players, and we're going to interview them in the locker rooms and, and moving forward and things of that sort because, you know, we, we have to have that relationship to talk about football and to be able to focus on that. For the, the people in our news department, uh, sometimes a lot of people don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Sports people want to talk to you for the most part. Uh, sure, Jeremy Parnell never wanted to talk to us, but that's that's just because of how his personality was and how he was. It's not there wasn't anything really, really negative to it, even though he really didn't like us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's more so an aspect of those interviews that the news folks have to you know go forth and get. More often than not, it's going to be a lot of people who don't want to talk to you, and so you have to get your questions out there and and try and get them to to at least talk to you because they're not going to want to even though you want to get their reaction onto the, the screen. So here's a, what I wanted to touch on as well, and uh, I'll quick finish up the story with the Hardy thing. So TMZ reaches out to me. They want to – well, I'm sorry. They don't reach out to me. They, they reach out to my manager, uh, who's, who's like my head coach, and they want to do an interview. Okay, cool. So they, they message my manager on Facebook. We, they try to set up a time. Well, I guess they didn't like the response time because in the matter of like three hours of them reaching out to my coach – they somehow got my mom's phone number and called my mom and said, can you get a hold of Austin? We'd like to do an interview with him. As soon as my mom got that phone call from TMZ, I was out. I was not doing the interview anymore. And I understand from the aspect of sponsorship opportunities, uh, because in MMA, it is a lot about sponsorship, right? So the whole theory is if you go on TMZ, well, people are going to see it. Therefore, you can go to sponsorship and be like, hey, I was on TMZ. Can I cut the check basically i was willing to throw the sponsorship money out the window because as soon as tmz went after my mom and and called her on her personal cell phone that's where i drew the line i'm like you guys went too far you guys couldn't wait a couple hours for me to respond to you so i basically told my coach hey call uh, tmz tell them to f off because i want nothing to do with them and we didn't do the interview and it is what it is so i guess where where do you draw the line in terms of 
personal space in terms of trying to get that story in terms of just uh, a player's well-being? Yeah, a lot of it is is the approach you take, and uh, I I don't know I can't really speak for TMZ, but in local news, it is an industry and a job which has very hard deadlines. You know, mm-hmm. some some nine to five jobs say it's four fifty five. You're working on a project. You're like, ah, guess I'll have to pick this back up tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, in the world of broadcast journalism, for the most part. Your show is going to be on at this exact time, whether you are ready or not, uh, and so that that tends to to move things along a little more and, and and try to press the urgency of it because if you're not getting it done by this certain time, well then you're not going to have that story and it's you know it's something that might not be newsworthy the later it goes. So I, I don't want to speak for TMZ, no exactly, um, and a lot of it too has to come with just the the intent, you know, uh, whether it's it's coming. Coming from a good place where you want to pump up a fighter in that case, or if you just want to make it, uh, you know, a, a sideshow, being like, ah, oh, two NFL guys, here they go, going against each other in MMA, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And to the point where they're just trying to make it to to make themselves profit. So I can certainly see why you would be upset. Yeah. Um, I do feel like that that probably is crossing a bit of a line. Yeah. Um, so I think you reacted in the correct way. Well, besides that, there are actually sports going on in this world today, too, as there well. There are, yeah, and, and luckily we, we've got another two and a half hours, so we got plenty of time to talk about all things sports, not yeah. just Leonard Fournette, but uh, like you said at the top of the show, I mean, the talker is a talker, and it's something you, you kind of need to address off the top of the show, and, and then we can kind of delve off into the world from there. Delve off in the world. So I guess the next topic I want to get into is the Masters. Obviously, it's going on right now. It's a big deal. I'm... I'm a semi-casual golfing fan. I'm getting more into it now that I have a dog in the fight in J.B. Holmes. I'm a Tiger fan. I'm a BDR fan. At, you know, shout out to my boy Ricky Fowler. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm. Uh, We're just using initials now. Okay. Well, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Brent started that. Don't get mad at me. Everybody. Oh boy. Brent started that one. Right. But uh, so a thing that I noticed today watching and when I wasn't watching this, the Star Wars trailer or the Star Wars press conference, I had my eyes glued to the Masters coverage. And like I said yesterday, I complained a little bit. You don't see a lot of golfing the first couple hours. You see more like breakdowns and whatnot. So my question is, everyone seems to be talking about Phil Mickelson, how he's having a pretty good round right now. They're saying that it's Phil Mickelson's course. This course was made for Phil Mickelson. Isn't a golf course just grass trees sand and water like what makes a course special to one player as opposed to another because i remember we talked to the guy that ran the players and he was saying that the course is special in the fact that it's nobody's course anybody can win this course correct what the heck are they talking about okay well uh for the listeners out there who are like austin and kind of wondering how how that works i mean golfers shape shots some golfers are able to shape it left to right, some right to left, some just like to bomb it straight down there, some don't hit it as far, so they have to go from further out. And so the the distance of a golf course, uh, literally the way each hole is designed, be it a, a dog leg left to right or however you want to arrange the course, mm-hmm. can certainly be easier for some golfers, harder for others. And Phil Mickelson is a lefty, 
and so that certainly has its own set of things because if you think about it, your views are completely opposite from the majority of the field. Mm-hmm. But lefties have performed well when it comes to the Masters and guys like Phil Mickelson and, and Bubba Watson. But more than anything, the more you play that golf course and the more you know exactly where to hit it and where not to hit it, because a lot of these golf courses really punish you when you hit it to the wrong spot, the better you can be at it. So. The more experienced you are, the better at really any golf course, but especially a course like Augusta National where you are very much punished when you hit a bad shot. Let's go to the phone lines quick. If you guys want to call in, it's 904-362-9901. We're joined by Gary. I think wants to talk some golf, if I'm not mistaken. We'll find out. What's up, Gary? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, I just wanted to mention my man, Justin Thomas, just chipped in at 15, five under for the day, four under par. Okay. He's right there. Uh, Stewart. Yes. Uh, I'm making you the the Jags GM. Put on your GM hat. You've got the set of a pick in the draft. Okay. Do you go defensive line Ed Oliver? Do you go offensive line Juwan Taylor? Do you go Hawkinson tight end, or would you trade down and take an extra pick and all the stuff there and have a good weekend, guys? Thanks, all right, Gary. Enjoy enjoy the golf this weekend and enjoy the continuing build up to the. NFL draft as as we get to continue to talk about it. That's a great question. Uh, everybody wants to know which way the Jaguars are going. And for the longest time, it looked pretty cut and dry, right? We're going to get a quarterback at seven. Which yeah. quarterback is it going to be? Is it going to be Haskins? And then they make the full signing. So then you have to start to wonder, okay, which way are they going now? And personally, I do not want them to go defensive line. Interesting. I don't want it to happen. I, I know that Uh, You're thinking depth and you're thinking all these other things, but the offense just needs so much help in so many different places. I just don't know how you can put that logic in your head and say, okay, we need another defensive line, especially when you talk about a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who was not a first round pick and look what he has turned out to be as a guy. So you can get that guy who can be your long-term guy and depth in a later round. So Eliminate that one out of there, right? Okay, defensive line. We'll see you later. Defensive line out. GM Weber coming at you. Hey, you know, it's it's what the people want. Okay. So we deliver, folks. <laughs> um, so then you, you look at the offensive line, and Jawan Taylor, the Gator, you know. You, you, A little biased, I see. Well, I'm... I'm going the opposite way here. Oh. I don't think you go with I don't think you go with Jawan Taylor. And and if only for the negative connotation that Florida Gators as first round picks who have not succeeded with the Jaguars has brought in the past. Like so many of them have failed in that role. That's why I'm going with the tight end. I'm going with a Hawkinson. Hawkinson. I love it. I you know Hawkinson number seven. I like Hawkinson at number seven because one, he's a pass catcher, two, he's a blocker. So you're filling both of those needs. And you're really helping out whatever they end up putting on that right side of the line. Let so, me ask you this for qu- Gary. Yeah. Hawkinson. Let me ask this quick question. If you have the opportunity to trade down for Fant, do you do it? Ooh. Or are you sold on Hawkinson being I, the I, guy? I'm okay with a different tight end a little later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You get some picks out of it. But, okay. You know, I, I have a feeling that the Gator talk is going to continue. I think we have some more Gator talk coming up. Actually, a pretty good segue. We spent about, I don't know, maybe three minutes on golf. So we got that We'll get covered. back to the Masters. I'm, I'm watching it on the computer here, so we'll get back to it. But coming up soon, we're talking uh, Florida Gator spring ball with Will Salmon from The Athletic. Also going to talk about some basketball. We got some NHL bar breakdown coming up and also some MMA and boxing. A little bit of everything today. We're hitting everything today. Stay tuned. ESPN 690. 
Welcome back to ESPN 690. Joined today by Mr. Stuart Weber in the house. I like that, Mr. Stuart Weber. We, we got Coos in the back pushing all the right buttons for the most part. Yeah, it's like a 80% correct button pushing day. If you were a baseball player, you'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, three, I like those percentages. 300 average in baseball, which is about what Coos is hitting in the Griffey. The, the, the board pushing uh, business. But, uh, you know, you hit 300, you're good. He's the kind Griffey Jr. of pushing buttons. I could take that. I'll yeah. go with that. That's some very rare air up there, man. Congratulations. <laughs> so for those of you that were on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, I'm sure I'm Twitch. I might have missed one. Twitch. YouTube. All uh, the streams. YouTube. All, all the streams. We actually just revealed a new T-shirt we got coming out. There it is. Uh, Brent gave me one and put it in my chair. And I'm going to be honest, it's a little weird to wear a shirt with your face on it. I'm going to adjust because it it is for the company. It's for the brand. If it's weird to wear a shirt with your face on it, is it weird for someone else to wear a shirt with your face oh, no. on it? No, I, that's cool. I absolutely encourage right. that. Yes, cool. sir. I encourage that. And uh, also in my seat, I should mention, because I'm sure Brent is listening right now, Brent got me a little surprise from the Masters that yeah, I'll hold up. Pin flag. He got me a little pin flag. It's not a pimento cheese sandwich, unfortunately. Yeah, I can't sorry eat about the that. pin flag, but Brent, I appreciate it, man. Good looking out, dude. Um... Now I feel bad because I can get you anything for the weekend. I guess. I guess. I guess we're doing that now. Gifts. He does. He does a lot of gifts. He's a very generous man. For for Brent a guy Martin, that doesn't no. like being like he says, he doesn't like people being generous to him. Sure. He sure is a generous fellow. Yeah, you know. Interesting. Works for us. Works for us. All right. Well, we, we teased it. We're going to deliver because that's what we do. Oh, let's get into some Florida Gators talk here. We got the spring game coming up Saturday. We're going to be joined right now by uh, Gators writer and contributor to the Athletic, Will Salmon. Will, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Will Salmon, how you doing, man? Doing really well. Great time of year. Beautiful day here in Gainesville. Amen to that. It's always a beautiful day in Gainesville. That's what I heard. I haven't been there too many times, but I heard it's a pretty cool place to visit. Well, before we get into the spring game, I recently read an article you wrote about uh, head football coach Dan Mullen. The dude was moonlighting as a bouncer, supposedly. What was the biggest thing that you took away writing that piece about Dan Mullen? Well, uh, first, I appreciate you asking me about it. And secondly, you know, I'm from New York, actually. So him working at Wagner... I had covered Dan previously at Mississippi State when I worked at the Clarion Ledger in Mississippi. And it it always just interested me that he worked at Wagner because Wagner is a smaller school on Staten Island in New York that not a whole lot of people know about, especially when it comes to football. So I had just kind of asked him, like, around pro day, like, you know, I never asked you this before, but how'd you kind of, how'd you, how'd you get that job? It's like, why'd you get it? And that kind of just sparked a conversation, and he brought up, like, yeah, you know, I used to bounce at the Screaming Viking. And I'm like, dude, what's that? <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. we get, just kind of talked about it from there. And it just sort of evolved into a story just about what we could sort of learn from his days as a graduate assistant. Because I don't think too many people realize that the guy spent seven years or so working as a part-time coach before kind of getting a bigger break at Bowling Green and working under Urban Meyer those years get leapfrogged naturally at this point in favor of his time as Florida's OC at Bowling Green, at Utah, and of course at Mississippi State. But that really laid the foundation, in my opinion at least, on, on who Dan Mullen is. And I just thought it was kind of interesting to kind of look back and sort of uh, look at that aspect of his career. Very great read. Check that out at the, at the athletic.com. 
Um, very great read. I highly recommend anybody reading that. Yeah, and folks who want to check it out, I just retweeted it from my account at Stuart A.S. Jacks. Of course, you can follow Will at Will Salmon. That's S-A-M-M-O-N. Of course, writes for The Athletic covering the Florida Gators. Will, uh, big day tomorrow for the Orange and Blue. Of course, they got the Orange and Blue game going on at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium at the Swamp. One o'clock kickoff for the spring game, the, the wrap to the annual spring practices. You've been there. You've been in the program. You've been seeing what's going on. Uh, any surprises we're going to see out there? I know last year we had a bunch of uh, former players come out and get to get in on the act, get some touchdowns, get a little excitement and energy. The good thing for Dan Mullen this year is that they already had the energy. They had a 10-win season, so the fan base should already be you know on board and ready to go. You're absolutely right. You don't have to drum up too much enthusiasm. It's organically already there for you based on the year that they just experienced. And I think you're right. I think there'll probably be some more gimmicks involved, some some uh, some stuff like that, some fun and games and whatnot. But you know, if you want to look at it like a, with like a critical eye, if you will, for as much as you possibly could with a spring game, I would pay attention to sort of like how the offensive line plays, uh, because at Florida you're replacing four four dudes on the offensive line who were starter, starters for you, and the only guy who returned is your center, who didn't exactly etch his name out in stone for that role too. It's not as if he's not competing for that every day so that's where i would focus my attention on if i was a florida fan and i would just pay attention to just how quickly they're playing because you're relying on a lot of young and inexperienced players to pick up on what they're being asked to do as far as schematics go so you know if you really want to get into it i would you know just watch them watch their footwork watch how quickly that they're playing all that though um you know it's it's interesting because like my favorite stat on florida last year was something uh, from Football Outsiders, the advanced analytics guys over there. I think they were something like number 98 in sack rate last year on passing downs in 2017. They were number one last year. And so that's obviously a stark differential. It's, a, it's about as good as you can get as far as a turnaround goes. And that was with inheriting an offensive line that a lot of people were down on anyway. I mean, they were just coming off the school record of sacks allowed. So it's not to say that it will automatically – hinder the Gators this year, but it's definitely something that you want to keep an eye on and you want to see which of these young guys are going to be part of this too deep, which guys are able to contribute right away. Will, as a guy who's played in the trenches, I appreciate you giving some O-line love to the Gators, but let's be honest, people are going to go there to watch Felipe Franks. Um, he's, he's definitely the guy right now. You keep hearing the praise of uh, backup Emory Jones, though. Is your thought right now that Franks is the bona fide starter or could Emory Jones maybe shine in the spring game, string together a couple training camps, uh, practices going forward, and maybe be uh, a guy that can give Felipe Franks some competition? Man, I knew the QB question was going to come. So it I has to. It has to. Every team. Line knowledge. But, uh, <laughs> but, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much better Felipe Franks will be or can be in 2019, but I do know the separation between him and the rest of the Gators' QBs is clear. And he is much more in command of the offense than he was a year ago, or even at some points last season. We just didn't see him look off to the sideline as much during the year. And he kind of carried that into, into the spring where he's playing with a lot of confidence. I mean, we've seen him lower his shoulder quite a bit, lower his pads on running plays where obviously he's not supposed to be hit, but he's absorbing the contact anyway during the spring. And that's something that we saw clearly during that South Carolina game where he shushed the crowd after some big runs that everybody remembers. And so he kind of carried that over, and it's worth repeating. The separation between him and the rest of that QB room is pretty clear. And that goes with saying that, okay, yeah, Dan Mullen talked about 
well, he has to compete every day, and everybody's job is up for grabs. We get that, but let's face it, he's the guy running with the ones. He's the guy who is who is not going to be playing as much, I think, as the other guys, just because there's no reason for him to play as much as the other guys in the spring game. Um, now, about like Emory Jones and, and even Jalen Jones, the true freshman, and obviously Kyle Trask is still part of that room right now. Um, Emory's looked fine. He's flashed. He has some real zip on his ball, some real velocity, but he needs to be more accurate, like you would guess, for a young QB like him, and he needs to sort of, you know, it's funny because Felipe Franks, we talk about his confidence growing. Emory Jones doesn't lack of confidence. And it's like he needs to sort of understand that, okay, maybe I shouldn't throw that pass over the middle where two dudes are are covering that wide receiver because I think I can get it there, but clearly I'm not ready to get there yet. So, you know, that's kind of like where he's at with it. But, again, there's a separation between Franks, him, and everybody else. Being joined by Will Salmon, writer for The Athletic, covers the Florida Gators, joining us here on ESPN 690 in Jacksonville. Appreciate Will taking some time out of his day. And you talk about those quarterbacks. I mean, I think so much of it has to do with ceilings and floors. Felipe might not have the higher ceiling, but he certainly has the higher floor right now. Let's progress that conversation a little bit. When you're talking about the calling card for the Florida Gators and what it is that makes them the Gators back in the day, and by back in the day, of course, I mean the championship years a decade ago, which we will always refer to, it was those huge explosive plays. You had guys like you know, Percy Harvin just running free. And then a couple of years later, even Chris Rainey, who I saw was at a practice the other day, uh, pretty cool to have him back hanging out with the guys in the program. How much of that explosive play ability is going to exist with this 2019 team? We saw it a little bit with the two uh, incoming guys last year, uh, Jefferson and Grimes, really providing that a year ago. Yeah, man. Anytime you can bring up Chris Rainey, man. I love that guy. I love talking to that guy. He is a great quote. Uh, but, yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of their success may be predicated on how much they could improve upon those plays or generate more of those explosive plays. But, you know, last year their identity was, hey, let's stay on track, let's move the chains, let's be successful on first and second down to make for manageable third downs. And, hey, they converted on those third downs too. So they were a team that was efficient offensively, but you're absolutely right. They lacked that explosiveness at times. And the ability is there because of the guys that you mentioned. You know, Grimes can stretch the field vertically. You have a guy like Van Jefferson who can make some big plays. If you remember, I believe it was their first offensive play against Georgia, they had an explosive play lined up from scrimmage, but Felipe Franks failed to connect with Van Jefferson on that deep pass play. And that may or may not have changed the game, but that's an example of them just not executing on those plays. You also have a guy like Kadarius Toney, though, who I think is becoming more of a well-rounded wide receiver and a guy that the, the offense, the, the staff in general, is learning better how to, how to better utilize him within the offense. And so I think we'll see a little bit of an increase or a little bit of a tick in his touches this year. And he's a guy when the ball's in his hands, he has a high percentage to you know have that explosive play anytime he touches it. And so including him more into the game plan, making him part of that game plan will increase the likelihood of those explosive plays. And also you're banking on the growth of Felipe Franks to complete those passes that I mentioned uh, before in the Georgia game. So if you combine that and you have a, a you know, a, a hitter as a running back like Michael Pirine, who, who in the run game can have those type of plays as well, you have the ability. It's just a question mark of can the offensive line hold up their end of the bargain and has the growth in Felipe Franks reached the point where he could hit on those plays. Of course, Will Salmon will be at the Orange and Blue Spring game, the Florida 
Raptors spring practice tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock kickoff at the Swamp. Will, we're going to have you answer one more before we let you go, and we'll switch gears a little bit to basketball. How much do Florida basketball fans have to worry about Andrew Nemhard leaving the team today? He put his name in for draft consideration for the NBA draft. A lot of people saw him as a huge piece moving forward for Mike White with those new guys coming in next year. And then he comes out with this news saying he was going to test the waters. But, uh, of course, he has till May 29th to pull his name back out. Yeah, my guess is they don't have to worry too much because it looked like it was – I don't want to use the word say – I'm going to use it anyway. I have to remember to say that, but like an orchestrated effort between him and, and Florida because you saw Andrew post his message on Twitter, then boom, immediately after there was a press release in everybody's email inbox in the media about the situation. And so that to me tells me, okay, uh, it wasn't something like he went rogue or something like that where he was doing it on his own. It was definitely something that – Hey, if you look at his the way the wording on it, he says something along the lines of, "I want to take advantage of the NCAA rules, which allows him to kind of, you know, learn about his own situation without being fully committed to leaving or anything like that." So I assume he'll come back. I mean, and he's he's like you mentioned, a great part of their future. A lot to like about him. Assist rate is through the roof. He doesn't commit, uh, you know, regrettable fouls. He stays in games. Uh, good defensively. So. He's definitely a big part of their future, and I expect that to remain that way. All right. Well, I have one more question for you, then we're really going to let you go here. Uh, Stuart Weber kind of touched on it at the start of the interview. Mullen's been a guy that's known for having fun, entertaining for the spring game. Do you have any inside information? Because last year we had old players come back. We had Felipe Franks punt the ball after a touchdown pass. Do you have any inside information of what Mullen could be uh, having up his sleeve this year for the spring game? Well, I, you know, it's funny because he was asked about, like, the attendance thing, and I kind of, like, knew just from covering him in the past that he was – that I, I would have bet a decent amount of money, maybe not the whole, you know, bank account, but a decent amount of money that he was going to fudge the attendance number to reflect the score against Florida State last, last season. <laughs> now, the cat's out of the bag on that one, so I don't expect him to kind of do it anymore. But that would have been my main guess. I, I think he's going to throw some former players out there again, um, probably, probably do some – stuff like you know the punt like you mentioned i'm not too sure on the specifics but that's that's probably a guess i mean it's a spring game and you know it's kind of like more of a recruiting event than it is anything else at this point for a lot of teams I know I would have been okay with a 41,140 as an attendance number not only of course for uh Florida Florida State from a year ago but also Florida Ohio State same score in the championship game back in the 2000 and 6 season we'll of course see what all happens at the spring game Tomorrow, Saturday, 1 o'clock in Gainesville. Will Salmon will be there. Action Sports Jacks will be there. Will, thanks so much for taking the time out with us today. Oh, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. All right. That is Will Salmon from The Athletic joining us from Gainesville. He will be there to cover the game tomorrow. Hey, we got much more to talk about, don't we, Austin? We got a little more to talk about. We got some balling and falling coming up pretty soon. Why one of the greatest athletes in sports right now is on TV tonight and nobody is talking about him. That's a little tease for everybody. We're going to talk some more Masters coverage. Going to talk about Kuz's NBA bracket because nobody else filled out one. No one. And uh, maybe getting a little Star Wars as well. We'll see what we got on tap here at ESPN 690. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690 here in Jacksonville. Thanks to everyone listening here locally, as well as those catching up with the stream on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So many ways to listen and interact. Of course, we have the chat on all of those platforms as well, so you're welcome to chime in. Koo's taking a look at the uh, the chat back there. 
I was going to say, most of it's just excited that you're here. Oh, well. Yeah. You have a lot of fans, dude. You know, there's 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 a fan club out there. People are <laughs> sick of me already. It's like, get them out of here. What Probably can sick I, of coups as well. What can I say? You know I, mean? <laughs> I, yeah. think I, I think I have the benefit of not being on the camera, though. So it's, it's a like point. a mystery. Yes, a you point. do. Normally, I do when, I, when we're sitting in the uh, the third seat over there, yeah. uh, which Marcel Robinson, by the way, will join us in a little bit. Come chat a little sports. Uh, he's out there shooting some college baseball, JU and UNF, both home this weekend. Uh, Dolphins at home in the afternoon. UNF going off at 6 o'clock against the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Seriously? The Highlanders. Seriously? Yeah. There can be only are, are one they, winner when they are play. They, are they good? No. I was going to say. I mean, they were I good like in more, more uh, focused they were decent on other basketball things. this year. Okay. It's like the story we did yesterday where uh, <clears throat> like a catering school that is like cooking um, got beat in lacrosse 52 to nothing. So obviously lacrosse isn't one of their biggest. I, w- I will say, interesting you say that. Brent Martineau and I, uh, of course, just got back from Augusta. Yep. Uh, road trips to Augusta, you can go down some pretty deep rabbit holes on Wikipedia. And we certainly <laughs> got into one because uh, uh, we were talking about the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. Hmm. Uh, fun fact, that's where they're hosting the ABA's Elite Eight. Of course, okay. Jacksonville Giants playing in the semifinals later on today, taking on the Syracuse Stallions. Uh, so go catch a web stream. I would assume they're web streaming it if somewhere. If that's there, it's got to be there, There's right? certainly going to yeah. be a web stream somewhere. Giants, uh, five-time ABA champs. They've won three in a row coming into this year. So Nice. Uh, let's see if they bring home some more hardware. What is the mascot of the St. Louis Pharmacy? The St. Louis College of College Pharmacy's Pharmacy. mascot is the Eutectic, go which on. is a, a <laughs> pharmacological term about combining two ingredients. Or two you know what? That's, substances. That's that's not real. That's not a sports school. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't have a gymnasium. You can't call your team the Eutectics and have a gymnasium. Their gymna- you just can't do it. Their gymnasium is the best part because it's called the pillbox. You can't do it. No? no? Sorry. What? I'm, I'm boycotting right pill now. Box? Someone's got to do something. That's ridiculous. You're talking about a city that also has a mascot called the Billikens. But at least that's a, it's not a that's real what? thing, obviously. That's what? What well, is that? Well, it's not a real thing. It's a mythological creature. Okay. Well, you can't name a team after mixing medicines together and then call your gym the pillbox. It's, you, you it's just, creative. Just can't do it. I like the you, creativity. You just can't do it. That, that's not sports. That's not what sports are put in place for. Someone needs to do something. If no one does anything... I'll take it in my own hands. It's going to be you. Their mascot is this, like, I don't know. Monst- a giant pillbox. It's the, no, it's this monster-looking dude. It, it doesn't have, like, a, an actual thing that it looks like, but it's, uh, it wears, and it's, and it wears a white... And probably kill me. It wears a white lab coat. Yeah, and his catchphrase is probably just going to kill me. All of their athletes uh, are in a six-year pharmacy program uh, at that college, so that's yeah. why their men's basketball team had a 100-game losing streak. Just stick to intramurals and get out of my face with... Athletics being named after pills and mixtures and pill boxes. Give me a break. Let's get back to the Masters quick. What's up? Well, I got you riled up there on the Eutectics. Well, well, it's just it's ridiculous, man. Like it sounds made up to me. I enjoy I enjoy whack. It is made up. That's part of the fun. I enjoy but, wacky made up mascot. But this sounds yeah. like something you're gonna see like on a like the Onion, like the Onion uh, fake newspaper or something like that. I'm slowly realizing because I grew up in Philly where we had the Philly fanatic. Yeah. That. Only way out there mascots really do it for me. Like, if it's a, a realistic thing, then I'm like, oh, that's no fun. Like, I need the fanatic. I like stuff. I like gritty. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, when the the Sixers, um, uh, I believe it was a hip-hop the rabbit, I was like, no, nah, we need we need something way out there, man. Like, what I don't about wanna... sc- so... is Scampy 
I'll, I'll find out for you. No, because Scampi's looks weird enough. Scampi like, scared like the it. crap out of my son, by the way. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, question for you guys. Sure. What is the craziest mascot that you guys have encountered or that you have seen besides the gentleman at the St. Louis whatever medicine school? I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to say the right name because I don't respect it, so whatever. But uh, what's the craziest mascot that you've, that you've, that you've heard of you've seen? Uh, so, of course, uh, working in my business – we cover a lot of high schools with random ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first job when I was in uh, Texas, uh, they had a town called Hamlin, and they were the Pied Pipers. They were the Hamlin Pied Pipers because <laughs> the original folktale, by the way, Hamlin is the, the town that the Pied Pipers from sure. in uh, Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, there was another town called Winter. Okay. Uh, they were the Blizzards. Uh, that's pretty st- – I mean, I'm not mad I at that. I enjoyed it. it yeah, was the yeah. way, I, enjoyed, was I enjoyed the way it, it flowed together. Is the Pied Piper the story with, like, the rats following yeah, you? Yeah, That's a little creepy for a high school well, mascot. Yeah. But anyways, but, yeah, what, what else do you got? Uh, La, La Misa was the Golden Tornadoes. I don't okay. know how a tornado would become golden, but that one sure as heck was. I don't I'm assuming like find the out. sand, like the the dust and all that gets in it, so it's actually like brown. But like you don't want to say the brown tornado. They were the golden tours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the golden tours. I like that. Yeah. So you know we we've had I've had the chance to cover a lot of fun random ones like that. Coos, how about what you? you? What do you got for us, Coos? I still got to think. I, I got to give it to Gritty right now because it's just so out there. Um, where at least like. I mean, the fanatics out there in a way, too. Do we but, need to preface every question to you with outside of Philadelphia? Exactly. No, but, but like, Gritty's, a, I feel like Gritty's different because there's no, like... He's, he's the best, craziest mascot of all time. No. TJ McConnell, best no, point guard like, all time. He still has sticker value. He's less than a year old. No, but, but, like, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, the Philly fanatic makes sense in that aspect. Stuff is a dragon. Gritty, like, like, like that's way out of left field. You know what I mean? And that's why I think it's the weirdest one for me. So right. in Wisconsin, we have quite the amount of uh, mascots because you have to think Wisconsin, there's a lot of Indian um, towns and whatnot back in the day. So one that really stands out are the Rhinelander Hodags. Do you guys know what a Hodag is? feel like I'm about to find out. Check, check that bad boy out. Oh, there he is. It, it's a mythological creature one could describe as a giant rodent with fangs, red eyes, horns, um, something that looks like so he was made out of fangs and horns and a mouse. That's where you go to, Goose? Mice have fangs sometimes. And they have horns? I mean, you could put some horns on and it. And they have horns. You could put horns what on it. What are we even doing with horns. you, Goose? Scott. Scott, are you down the hall? Excellent Come on. I'm saying, man. Let's go to the bullpen. Let's bring What's going it on over Let's here? Let's ready. So the Hodeg's crazy one, but I mentioned this one before. But the Kakana Galloping Ghosts. Yeah, that's Now, that's solid. kind of a crazy, but you have to think of the mascot. The mascot back in the day was a ghost on a horse. Right. One could think that that might be a little uh, racial insensitive, so they, sure. so they had to change their mascot up a little bit. All right, well, what would the Masters mascot be? We'll discuss that <laughs> and give you a leaderboard update coming up right after this on ESPN 690. Hey, and welcome back to Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. Stuart Weber here alongside Austin Lane. Uh, Filling in for the big seat, we got Brett Martineau snapping his consecutive show streak at 64. I mean, 64, that's, got, that's up there with Cal Ripken Jr. in terms of being an Iron Man. Um, it's sad to see Brent, you know, that record fall, but hey. I will say, family we're, calls. We're, I was going to say, but he might call. You never oh, know. He, he might call in. Would that count for you? No, absolutely not. He was He's, no. Because five I shows away in. from making Gronk a very happy person. Good call. Yeah. In case you don't understand, 69 is what Kuz is yes. getting at. Yes. yes. Got yes. it. Yeah, great. Nailed it. Um, 
All right. Well, let's go from that to golf because there's no better segue <laughs> there, there's than no that. There's no segue to go from that to golf, yeah. I mean, I could probably find one. You know, Matt Kuchar shot 69 today at the Masters. How's that? There we go. Nice. And, and away we go. A savage segue, if you will. Do what we can. Uh, Francesco Molinari and uh, J-Day, Jason Day, currently topping the leaderboard in Augusta. They're both at seven under. Uh, that's the nice thing about the Masters is that this leaderboard is jam-packed with stars left and right. Uh, and a bunch of former players champs in there as well. Of course, Rory McIlroy, not to be found on the first page of the leaderboard when everybody thought this was going to be the year, this was going to be the time that he would go out and complete the career Grand Slam. I think even DJ Coos had once said that that was going to be the winner. <laughs> yeah, that was his pick. Of course, our picks aren't doing much better. Uh, no. You had Holmes, J.B. Holmes. Yeah, struggling a little bit today. I had Chuck Hoffman just because he's always on top of the leaderboard going into the weekend at the Masters. Well, how is he doing? Because most importantly is I'm not in last place right now because I'm not paying for lunch for everybody. Was that a bet? Yeah, oh, wait, that's that a is bet? a bet. Yep. It's going to be lunch or maybe Ruth Chris, depending where I'm sitting right now. All right. Well, Hoffman is two under. Holmes is one under. So my guy's beating your guy. Yeah, but there's pl- hey, plenty of golf left, plenty of golf. And I'm curious because you mentioned that there's a lot of names uh, on the leaderboard, a lot of household names. Can you please tell me who the heck DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are? Because, going to be honest, never really heard of them. It's interesting you bring up Brooks Kepka because they've been – just pounding at home on the broadcasts yesterday that Brooks Kepka doesn't get any media attention. This is a guy who's won two of the last three major championships. So he has certainly earned the right to be talked about amongst the big names right now. But the problem is he doesn't win anything else. He mm-hmm. wins the big one. He's got three majors to his name, but he hasn't won a significant amount of other championships so he's clutch, you could say. You could say that. He is very much a guy who comes up on the big stage, a former Florida State Seminole. Okay. Uh, for those folks in this area, grew up in my hometown down in the West Palm Beach area. And uh, he's still very much a young guy. And uh, he did recount a great story. Uh, we might have played it the other day uh, with he and Phil Mickelson where he tried to get his autograph. Uh, and Phil Mickelson said, no, you're you're in the, park- I, I did, yeah. you're in the parking lot. Get out of here. Yeah. Same Brooks, same Brooks kept you. Uh, so Brooks Kepka right now six under. He's he's treading, treading water today. He shot even par, but you know what? On a Friday at the Masters, if you already shot six under on Thursday, uh, an even par round is good. Not bad. And obviously a guy who needs to fire his PR person because he should be known who he yeah, is. People yes, should know who the yes guy is. Yes and if no. Majors. Uh, but you also have the right to to not be that outward guy. To to be that one who just wants to go out there, handle his business, win some tournaments, and if people want to talk about you, great, but if they don't, you're cool with that, too, and I kind of get that sense from him. I get that, but that's killing the sport. Give me the John Daly's. Give me the the bad boys. Give me the party animals of of the Masters, you know? I feel like that's going to help ratings. That's going to help the younger generations and whatnot, but I get it. Golf is going to always be watched because people enjoy the game very much. If you want a personality, a guy you mentioned not knowing who the heck he was a second ago would be a great one to go with, and that's Bryson DeChambeau. Well, he has a name for it, so let's get into it. He he would probably classify himself – as a nerd. He is very scientific with the way he goes about it in golf. Hmm. So golf clubs, I don't know if you know this, different lengths depending on I was aware of that. Yes. Sure. Yep. Not only does the the actual club have a different loft to the part that's actually mm-hmm. hitting the ball, but there are different lengths as well to adjust to how you swing it. Correct. I have I have been to top golf before, so I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. So yeah. Bryson DeChambeau does not 
have different lengths on his golf clubs. All of his irons are the exact same length. Explain. So <laughs> the idea. Crazy. So the idea being it's called a single plane swing. He takes a very analytical approach to everything he does in the game, from his irons to his putting to his chipping to his driving. Everything he does has a very, you know, he's like 10 steps ahead of you mm-hmm. in whatever game you're playing in life. And so his his swing stays exactly the same no matter what club he's using because of the fact that they're all the exact same length and they're customly tailored to him and his game. How about the putter? The putting's a little different because okay. you're not doing a full swing. So it's really, okay. it's the ones with the full swings. Interesting. Now, do you see this trend no. like picking up in no. the future? Or no, no. This, is, this is just a one-off? This is just him, this man. This is a one-off. He, he makes it work, so maybe someone's watching it, but they have to they have to have the mind like he does. Like mm. the way he thinks about everything. At one point, he was using a, a protractor to try and read the greens <laughs> during a practice round. Yeah. And it might have been a, it might have been another scientific instrument, but they said you can't do that. You got to stop this. Nonsense. It's, it's not yeah. allowed. Not okay. Allowed. Not allowed. Stop doing that. Uh, but well, he he's an interesting cat. I mean, you know, he wears the 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 page boy style hat. You know, the old Payne Stewart hat, which is a really cool thing. Only I guy do out there who that. does that. I like that. Uh, he, he's interesting. I watched his interview with Faherty, uh, David Faherty mm-hmm. from the Golf Channel, and it was it was interesting. So you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on up top, yeah. and it translates into his game. Well, some guy that could possibly use a protractor to read the greens, it seems like, is Tiger Woods, who uh, has been struggling, it seems like, on those short putts. What do you attribute to that? And it's funny, I was watching some of the recap, and people were saying, well, yeah, you know, he's having trouble putting. That's kind of the first thing to go as a golf which I would think would be the last thing to go as a golfer because I feel like putting is the easiest thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's the reads and, you know, you you have to see where the ball is lying. But from an aspect of just tapping a ball a couple feet in the hole, give a little tippy-tappy, as opposed to driving a ball 300 yards, one would think that putting is the easiest part of the game. You you might think that. But I'm way off, I guess. But you're way off. Are you familiar with the phrase, drive for show, putt for dough? I am not. It's a phrase. I'm, you are now familiar with apparently it. Apparently it is. The, the, point, <laughs> the point being is that so, so many guys are able to just bomb it, you know, 300-plus yards down the fairway. It's the guys that can make those clutch putts and can read those greens that are the ones that are going to win and are going to be able to do well. That's why you drive for show. You putt for dough. So what do you attribute to, like, as the older you get, like, the worse you putt? Is it, like, I don't your think eyesight? That's, I, don't, well, I mean, that's what, that's yeah, what they're kind of getting at. Is yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know if that's it as much as... Just kind of like a mental block kind of thing? I think it's mental. I think it's the fact that he missed a couple years. I mean, these things that are so routine for you maybe aren't as much anymore because you're talking about a lot of missed 5 to 10 footers. Uh, and that's that's a range where you should be really good at making it. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, those really short putts is – I think that might have been an eagle attempt there from Tiger. We'll have to see. He, uh, by the way, one under for his round right now, Tiger Woods, uh, playing the par 5 eighth in Augusta. Uh, so we'll keep an update on him and how he's doing. Uh, three under for the tournament, which is four shots back. Perfectly fine. If he gets to four or five by the end of the day, just fine and dandy for the weekend. Okay. Saturday's the day you want to make your move. It's almost like they call it moving day. <laughs> and as far as the weather's concerned, great weather coming up this weekend? or I'd have we, to recheck the forecast. Showers? I yeah. know they had some showers this morning, and I think they're going to get some tonight as well, okay. uh, which might make, uh, might make your tea time important for tomorrow because – Conditions change throughout the day. Well, I'm sure with their, you know, billion-dollar technology that they've invested into their uh, green-drying capabilities, the, the golfers should be okay. 
they'll be fine. They'll they, be fine. They, they've handled better and worse. But it, it's always interesting how that can happen. The guy who goes out really early can go fire a great round, get in the clubhouse, and then conditions deteriorate by the end of the day. Fantastic. Golf talk. Golf talk. Well, yeah. I think uh, I think we got enough golf talk in for a little yeah, bit at least good? until you're Brent good? calls in. I mean, I kind of blacked out. I'm not sure what happened. Sure. But uh, when we come back on, we do a little balling and falling. And I'm going to talk about a guy that nobody's, uh, nobody else is talking about who is at the top of his sport right now that people should be watching tonight on the ESPN Plus app. Michael Van Gerwen. No, like, uh, it's no, not him. I've never heard of the guy. Who's okay. that? It's the number one darts player in the world. Oh, I'm not mad at that then. Okay. Well, they, you can watch him too then. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about Michael Van Gerwen. We'll talk about another guy that's at the top of his sport. And uh, also some falling coming up on ESPN 690. Somebody get Tiger Woods a protractor because he oh, just missed boy. another putt. Uh, another five footer. This one for par at the eight. You can't get a six on the par five. Can't do it. Can't do it. Coming do into it. this tournament, by the way, Tiger Woods. At the par fives at Augusta, played them in 145 under. Isn't he wearing like the red and black pants today? Isn't that what the outfit is? Like he means business? No, I didn't see the red. The red's reserved for Sundays. I, that's what I thought too, but I thought somebody was saying how he might have changed it up a little bit. Something to keep an eye on here on ESPN 690. Oh, I mean, golf fashion. Yeah, I can't really keep an eye on it on the radio, but. Well, you're literally watching it. I'm as watching we're it. They're not it. watching it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So, Stuart. I mean, got, I'm keeping an eye on it. But. Seeing how our boss still hasn't vouched for TVs like, like I requested for the NCAA tournament, uh, Stuart yeah. is now we'll watching. We'll get him there for the next year. Yeah, I'm next sure we'll, we'll get him year. next year. Or you're something. the only one without a TV or without the Masters on right now. Whoa, I got I'm, it on hey, here. Hey, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all weekend. I'll catch it later. Okay, I'm not worried about it. That's By the right. way, this weekend, of course, you can catch it on CBS 47. You're home for the Masters on the weekend. Do you have to do Action the show News after Jacks. the Masters coverage? Uh, yes. Nice. I'll do the uh, Saturday evening show. Action Sports Jacks primetime, we call it. 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47. We'll see you there. This guy's a pro. Also doing <laughs> the shows tonight as well. Okay. So, uh, Martino's off. Busy oh, day. so this we is get... all you. I'll, I'll, well, Marcel's out there doing some yeoman's work at the moment. Are you going to be on camera tonight, though, is yes. the question. Yes. Are you nervous? No. Have you done this before? We were on yes. camera. Many times. Yes. Okay. So this isn't his first <laughs> quite, rodeo. Quite frequently. Okay. Fact. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Then. Every Saturday for the last seven years. All right. Well, I've for a half hour well, every be- Saturday. Before we bore the people to death, I have one more question. <laughs> sure. Here. Uh, is it more stressful to be on the radio or in front of the camera? Obviously, the camera, right? No, probably the radio right now, really? just because it's not what I'm usually doing. And it's a full, okay. it's three hours. It is three hours. Three hours is daunting. I know. And I'll say going in, so I did the um, the Armada broadcasts on the radio for the first three years. And going into those broadcasts, it's a lot of time to have to fill. Soccer mm-hmm. more than other sports. Other mm-hmm. sports, it's very much, uh, you know, bam, 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 end-to-end action. Call it like you see it. Yeah. yeah. Soccer, if the ball's in the middle third of the field, you're coming up with other storylines to talk about. You're mm-hmm. com- you know, It's only when they get into the attacking thirds that you really ramp up uh, your coverage and your play-by-play. One more question, and then I'm really done with you. Revolving <laughs> your job. We, we like doing the behind the scenes for yeah. the broadcast industry. Yeah, that's good. People like point. to hear it. It's a good point. Sure. And maybe there's a little Austin land out there at Murray State University just waiting to hear some of this information or something. We'll I, hope, see. I hope they're listening at I Murray hope they're State. Listening. Go Racers. Ah, Go Racers. John Morant, you will be missed. Uh, my last question for sure. you. If you could cover one sport and uh, do like the commentary or the play-by-play, what sport would it be? Ooh, that's tough. Darts? 
Uh, I mean, darts would be fun, dude. I'd get bored of darts pretty quick. I think. Okay. I don't know. And no offense it, to you, but I feel like you have to have like a raspy voice to be the, like the announcer. Yeah, like, or or an accent. Yeah, same thing with the, like, a the lot of people tend Mighty to think Mighty that Boston's. way with soccer too, but uh, I don't. I don't agree with that idea. That that thought that you need to have. Alexi Lawless is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's some Taylor Twelman's a really good one in the in the industry. Stu Holden as well. Uh, for me, when I've always been asked, what do I enjoy covering the most? I always split it up. The thing I enjoy shooting the most is golf because it's the hardest. The thing I enjoy talking about the most is uh, it's a toss up. The things that I'm best at talking about are probably those, which are soccer and NASCAR, to be mm-hmm. honest. Sure. Whenever we do our Daytona special, I just go. I can just talk. I don't need anything. And I love that aspect of it. But the, the thing that has the most oomph to it is probably football because it's the most important thing. It's the thing everybody <laughs> wants to talk about. It is. And you can get a touchdown in any play, mm-hmm. you know, that excitement level. But then as a fan... My number one thing is probably baseball because I like to go and relax. So I, I am a I am an all sports guy, and, yeah. and I've always loved that uh, that aspect of just you know getting everything in this job and yeah. in this industry. So it's a different thing every day, which I absolutely love. Well, another expi- exciting exciting sport that we're going to cover later a little bit is uh, the NHL. And speaking of the Jacksonville Icemen, had a rough one last night against the Florida Everglades. Yeah, that was, one, that was one they're, they're going to kick themselves over not getting because they were up two nothing in the first period, mm-hmm. going to lose three to two in overtime. Uh, one positive that came from it. Uh, so the playoff beard, as anybody has noticed, honestly, the only reason I'm nervous about bad. the only thing I'm nervous about TV tonight is that I I don't know what the beard looks like on in a studio. Like are, I did some, I mean, I did some these are high definition cameras. They right? really are. Probably I did, not the best then. Story, I did some be I did some recorded segments in Augusta, and you know that was fine, right? Mm-hmm. No problem there. I'm a little you know self conscious because TV you don't you don't wear a beard, you know? Yeah. But for, dude, for the most part, some Bradley people do. Bradley Cooper rocked like some, you know, like five o'clock shadow at the Oscars, and that was cool. Yeah, but that's not broadcast journalism. You know, there's a yeah, certain. Yeah, but it's Bradley Cooper, man. Yeah, I know that. Okay. But, um, they're two very different industries. Yeah, but, Anyhow, you're, but so, you're trying to be the top at each one. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But but viewers respect the clean shaven face more for whatever reason is that's the thinking that's the idea behind it right mm-hmm. um so but the Iceman and and Mayor Lenny Curry urged people at home to to grow a playoff beard I listened here we are <laughs> yeah and I want an excuse to just grow out a little beard because I get lazy and I don't like shaving fair enough is but, it itching no it's okay. not itching but cool. I will say so they handed out a sheet of information about your playoff beard right mm-hmm. uh, and there was rules and stipulations on there interesting. So the loss yesterday had a stipulation. It said when they lose, you can trim it up a little bit. Well, you're fine. Well, what I did was I, you know, I got rid of a little bit of the neck beard action. Oh, okay. <laughs> I trimmed that up. I tried, I tried to, you know, clean, cleaned up some edges. Yeah. So hopefully it looks a little better on TV. Okay. I got some spots. I mean, I got some spots here. I got to fill yeah, in on the sides. Like, yeah, you have like a giant beard like I do, but I get it. Yeah. I, hey, I can see you trimmed it up a little bit. This is giant for me. But everybody, everybody relax. It's not like that's that's crazy of a playoff. I mean, I'm not yet, like Coos. You can go a week and a half without shaving, and you can't even tell the difference. I can go more than a week and a half. Yeah, I know you can go it more than a like week and a half. Almost like two full weeks. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, well, I'm not going to call it a playoff beard, but we have Marcel Robinson coming in right now with, uh, I wouldn't call that a beard. It's more of a, a well, I'm sorry? A chin strap. A chin strap. It. Well, come uh, on and get up the microphone go, here, go man, down, and talk Marcel, yourself up a little defend bit. Defend yourself or whatever you got going on there. I remember at one point we made him shave his mustache for TV. Oh, nice. That was a terrible moment. So, Marcel, are you on board for the playoff beard, or are you sticking to your fashion roots, to your, uh, to your strategy and not... I guess conforming to what everyone else is doing. You know, I'm gonna say yes to uh, joining the playoff beard mm-hmm. um, scenario. But to be completely fair, 
I've actually been kind of working on something a little bit before the playoffs, so maybe... It doesn't count then, because you have to start fresh when the playoffs start. But what I'm saying is maybe the fact that I decided to preemptively start my quote-unquote playoff beard. I'm not going to... Maybe I'm the that. reason that they made the playoffs. Part of the reason. Uh, also what they bad. did on the ice. I'm still waiting to hear if, if I had the job with the Iceman, too, for the home game, where I can go on the ice and take the nets out oh, between periods. Have, uh, have you well, heard? Yeah. That's I, what we're trying to push for. I don't know, but I do know that the Iceman will be home for games three, four, and if necessary, game five at the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Arena. That's coming up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week. Game two will be tomorrow down in Estero. And the goal is either Thursday and Friday to get me on the ice to be the guy that takes the nets out um, between intermissions. I mean, that's above my pay grade, but I'd, I'd be happy to see it. Well, I'm just saying that's what's going on right now for the fans at home I've, listening. I, so when they did the teddy bear toss last year, I got to stand like they wanted me to get video for the uh, the stations, and I got to stand right where they enter the ice to do that. Man, it's a little stressful. You got to go quick. Like you got to move. You know, like you got to get get out there, get it, and get back. Like those guys were. Are, are you were, doubting Austin? I'm not. I'm just saying. Like be he ready. Is, dude. I hear doubt. Everyone's doubting me. Like I think Brent was doubting me. I think our boss Nick was doubting me. No one thinks I can skate, and that's fine. You guys can keep on hating on me, I'm but I can't wait to prove everybody wrong. But by, by the way, uh, there is some hate happening on the stream right now. About what? Uh, all of our fashion choices, apparently. Oh my! About some, fashion choices. Some people are loving the uh, the Stewart's uh, beard. They're saying no, keep the beard, and then they're not a fan of the man bun. Oh, oh that's cool. It's, hey, you know what? It's, it's not a man bun. It's called a monkey paw because monkey it's so big. Yeah, do you think a man is, is this a bun? <laughs> look at this I giant don't thing. I don't, I, look, I've never had really long hair, so I don't know. Okay, the so words. I'm gonna spell it to people real quick. Don't ever call this a man bun. Okay. okay, because a man bun would be like what someone would wear if they had like Stewart's hair and they want to slick it back and put in a little man bun. <laughs> my hair is like down to my waist, so I can do whatever I want with it. Sometimes it feels good to get it off your neck. It's heavy. It's like 10 pounds. So I put it up, I put it in a monkey paw, and we're good to go. A monkey people, paw, People can huh? stop hating about it. Yeah. You... I was going to say, with, with the amount of it, would it be not a man bun, but like a man loaf? First of all, it's not a man anything. It's called a monkey paw. Okay, I don't know how many paw. times I got to repeat the word monkey paw. Monkey paw. And I'm great to have a great story. Man well, and do you know where monkey paw came from? Probably not. Uh, the Simpsons? Maybe. There was an episode with a monkey paw so with wishes. So I went to Okeechobee, the music festival. Okay. Was it by the lake? Yes, it was. I would yeah, hope so. It was a dry music festival. And as I'm leaving it's the a giant lake, as I'm leaving the, the festival, I had a lady who was apparently tripping on. All the drugs come up to me, and she's like, Music dude, I'm like, hi, like, I'm, I'm sober, I don't do all that, so I'm sober, I'm walking out, and she's like, dude, like, trying to, like, hang on me, I'm like, uh, get off me, and, uh, cause we're sweaty, and, uh, she goes, your monkey paw, bro, and I'm like, what? She goes, your hair, it's like a giant monkey paw. And that was the birth of the monkey paw. So it's not a man bun. It's a monkey paw. Show me a little respect. Show that girl that was tripping at the concert some respect. It's a monkey paw. Joined by uh, Marcel Robinson here. Marcel, by the way, was quiet the last couple of minutes because he, was, he was taking his selfies for social media wearing sunglasses inside. Marcel, what's happening today, man? Where are you coming from? Actually, um, I feel the need to defend myself right now. What I was, oh, okay. What I was actually doing, I was not taking a... Well, I guess it technically was. Okay. It was a selfie. But, exactly what it was. That's but, a bad start. Go on. But the reason I was taking a selfie is not because of um, the fact that I'm wearing sunglasses. It's because of the fact that I'm wearing my Iceman sunglasses. Oh. And his Dream 18 hat. And, and his my Dream Action Sports polo. He's on brand. I'm a billboard today, he, baby. He's a company man. I respect it. Business for the business, man. I'm just saying. I, I just I just want to be included. Well, what are you up to today? You just hanging out? You chilling? You, you working? 
You know, I think uh, I think I might work a little bit. Might as well, right? I think that's kind of what we do here, right, Stuart? We, we well, yeah, what, what's happening over at Session Stadium? I know you swung by there. Uh, I did swing by. That's what I was getting at, by the I know, way. I, I was trying to set him up for it, trying but he, to help him out he didn't take the bait. I, I, w- I wanted to prolong this. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, I was out at Session Stadium on the uh, beautiful campus of Jacksonville University. Uh, great day. I think we had maybe about 10 minutes worth of drizzle, but other than that, uh, it's a beautiful day outside for baseball. North Alabama in town taking on uh, JU. Start off a little bit slow. Uh, North Alabama got on the board first, but JU had a nice big third inning. Uh, started off with a wild pitch, and then they got the bats working. And uh, when I left, the score was three to one okay. uh, to start the fourth. All right. Well, we're gonna have those cool. highlights coming up at 6:53 on Fox 30 with Stuart Weber. We'll be on that show, of course. Action Sports Jacks, and uh, yeah, big A Sun series for Chris Hayes and the JU Dolphins trying to bounce back after falling two out of three in the River City Rumble. A week ago. All right, we're going to take a quick break here because when we come back, we got fallen and fallen. Austin Austin has been teasing this all show. He's going to talk to you about an athlete who's at the top of his game, not named Michael Van Gerwen, that nobody (laughs) is talking about. So, fallen, fallen, Marcel, Austin Stewart. It's all coming right after this break on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. We got balling and falling coming up. And if you want to do some calling... How's that for a segue? Oh, huh? bars. Call us at bars. Call us at 904-362-9901. We're joined today by Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson. We got Kuz pushing not all the right buttons, but he's having an okay day today. He's batting 300, and we'll take that. Oh. He's batting 300, and he's leading off with a fallen. Yeah, Luke Wallace. Okay. So we're just going to yeah. completely go against the grain and go <laughs> yeah. falling first. Okay, yeah. let's do it. All right, Coos, get into it. No, for real. Uh, Luke Fall. Luke, Luke Fall. Luke Fall. <laughs> 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 there goes that 300 average, more like um, 250. Yeah, parting ways with the Lakers organization, no longer the head coach. Uh, a lot of people were saying that if this was going to happen, it would be better for it to happen to him now so that he can maybe pursue some of the other NBA coaching vacancies or maybe move down to college and coach there. So now he has enough time to, you know, explore other options. But uh, hmm. fallen because, you know, unemployed. He's literally who, fallen. Do you, who do you see the Lakers pursuing next for uh, head coach? I see Jason Kidd as a rumor. And my thought is... Look what happened in Milwaukee with Jason Kidd. Like, Milwaukee yeah. went out of their way, literally traded for a head coach to come lead their team, and it backfired completely. Do you think Jason Kidd would be the guy in L.A.? Uh, they just – so when this news broke, Woj was talking about some other candidates that would be uh, interesting, and they said Ty Lue is a big one who coached hmm. LeBron – Yep. In Cleveland, so it kind of yeah. ties in. And well, he was more like an assistant coach. I feel like Braun was the, the coach, right, but yeah, there it is. anyways. But, uh, but so maybe maybe they run that back again. And another one, uh, Monty Williams, who's an assistant uh, on the 76ers, uh, was another name thrown out there. So, uh, you know, I think Lou probably makes the most sense because they kind of have the chemistry from Cleveland, which I don't really like it. But, you know, if they're willing to run it back in L.A., then why not? Just make, just make LeBron the player coach. Do it. No, this isn't Space Jam. We've talked about that. That's way too much uh, on his plate. Flint Tropics. Do it. He, he has way too much going on right now. Jackie Moon, he Jackie is Moon. not. That's him. And, and let's, let's be honest. If any guy could do it, it would be LeBron James. Yeah. But I just feel like that's way too much on somebody's plate. Right. Well, so. Okay. I, d- I do not agree with that. All right. So let's uh, let's do some fallen and balling. 
on today's show. Fall, okay, yeah. I see what we did there. So are we going fallen then? Yeah, let's go Fallen fall first. All right. Let me uh you know you we want me to go? We uh we had a segment oh, earlier yeah. in the show talking about the negativity in our world today. So yeah. that's what we're doing. We're well, falling. Coos had a fallen and guess who else is falling right now? I'm going back to Coos again. Oh. This story came off off of a, a Coos tweet actually. Mm. And I'm doing a little follow up. So I think it was yesterday or a few days ago, Coos sent out a tweet about a tattoo idea for me and Brent. Oh yeah. Yeah, have you seen what happened? No, no. Oh, just wait the, for this. Oh, I think oh, I know dear. what happened, so, actually. Uh, so the, the tweet was an idea for a tattoo, and the, the, the tattoo was a soccer fan that got a QR code, or a scan code, if you will, that brought you to a YouTube video of the fan's team scoring a goal. So you, you had a soccer hooligan okay. who was a soccer yeah, fan. That's a commitment. He, he had the barcode. You scan it. You go to the YouTube video. Sure. Well, the unfortunate thing happened where the YouTube video got flagged and no, taken no. down. Oh, so boy. now the guy just has a tattoo of... A broken Nothing. link. A broken link on oh, YouTube. Oh, dear. Um, Kuz, hate to tell you, man, I'm not going to get that tattoo idea. That's so I appreciate the effort, but not getting that tattoo. I was like, that's such a great idea, but then, yeah. Is if, it, though? You, you put yourself <laughs> up. When, you put the, when it's something on the internet directly to a specific thing on the internet, you yeah. run a risk. That's like getting your Twitter handle and then deciding to change it afterwards. Uh, ooh. Shots fired at Kuz. Here's my theory. How about we get barcode tattoos of ESPN690.com? So, so like if we're in a social setting, someone can be like, "What's that tattoo of?" Go and scan it quick. Boom. ESPN six ninety. What? Your phone. That's the whole point. That's a little weird. Like a bar, they got like a barcode yeah. app. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're QR codes, man. Oh, okay, and well, it's just welcome to two thousand nineteen. You know, I, how I you know, doing? It's I good to have you here. I'm saying like a barcode. <laughs> I meant like a QR code. Okay. Sorry. Well, yeah. So if you get right, a QR, well, welcome to two thousand nineteen. Cruz, are you in? QR codes, ESPN 690. I don't want to be like... I don't know if I want to be scanned. I'll get a temporary yeah. tattoo. I feel like that's weird. Do you guys understand what I'm saying or not? Do you I, get, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. yes. I get what you're saying, but well, I, I don't know. to say but that the link like, for the website will always be there. Right. Like, no, and cool. I don't want to be the negative person in the room, you, but like... You guys, are all, if, you guys just don't... Like when you, we, you, are, you aren't all in. Like, you guys are not all in on this show. Don't do it, Coos. Don't do like it. Like when we one day upgrade to an FM signal... Then what? We'll add to it. Okay, well, shoot. You know, you guys are not all, all right. in. No, I'm That's not, fine. I'm not all in on That's that. That's fine. You, you just keep handing out stickers or whatever. I'm doing the big boy things. I'm trying to spread out our uh, our company, right. our, our news station. So, yeah. All right. All right. I'm proud of you. Uh, Marcel, who's fallen for you? You know, I don't know if uh, our listeners may or may not like this, but uh, I have sort of a, a preemptive fallen. Um, obviously, as we know, as the uh, Florida Gators have their orange and blue spring game tomorrow. Afternoon at 1 o'clock, we will be there covering for Action Sports Jacks, where you will see all the angles and the highlights in Action Sports Jacks primetime with myself and Stuart Weber on Saturday evening at 10.30 and 11.30. We love teasing. I think we found that out about 10 times so far hey, in the show, hey, but hey, can't man, wait to plug, hear it again. We plug, my friend. Yeah, that That's we do. That's what we do here. That we do. But my preemptive falling in, Stuart's very much aware of this, is, is I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. whenever I attend any football-related activity in Gainesville, the the product is just subpar. So my preemptive falling is going to be potentially the Florida Gators football team tomorrow oh. because I will be in Gainesville. And as we know, my my record, the Gators are 0-4 whenever I attend a game. We're gonna, Sir, we're gonna, your rebuttal. We're going to pause here for a moment because he says 0-4. That includes the spring game last year. <laughs> 
You can't lose a spring game. I know last year you're going to bring up the point that they had to bring old people back in to score the touchdown. But That's those were the voice, only, the way, I guess, for some reason. Yeah, that was um, uh, dead on. Uh, but but those were the only touchdowns except for a, a long Felipe Franks run, which, let's be honest, if it was in live action, he would have been snapped in half. Yeah, but why did it get them? It got them a 10-win season. So it was a successful spring game. They won the spring game. Your record is over. And even if not, this year it's going to th- – they're going to win the spring game because you win every spring game. Austin can tell you that. Hey, don't see. I feel like I'm watching two step parents argue right now, I, and I'm, I don't want to be in. I'm not involved in this one. I'm bringing in the former have football a, player who's competed in a spring game. Did your team win the spring game? No, but we, <laughs> we didn't lose it either. Okay, so if anything, so Marcel, your record is 0-3 and one. Um, mm, it was a tie. Mm-mm. Ties are losses. You know that. No, no, I'm a soccer guy. That's no, no, not no. true, Austin. Yeah. Once again, don't want to be involved in this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I like this that we keep bringing him in there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to do the show and not get fired. Right, so, That's all I'm trying to do. So here. Marcel's fall and appears to be the the jinx that he thinks he'll bring to the program. I like it from. though. I like it standing up to the Florida Gator fans. We'll, we'll see. We'll oh. see. Hater. Okay. All well, right, Stuart. Let's hear your uh, fallen. All right. So my fallen, and I will preface this by saying I love the Masters. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing a Masters shirt. I enjoy covering the event. But the thing I don't like about the Masters, and the reason they're falling for me, is this air of being pretentious that comes along with the Masters and having titles for every little thing that's different than everybody else uses. They're not fans. They're patrons. It's not the rough. It's the second cut. That sort of labeling gives you this, hmm, (laughs) I'm better than you are kind of feel to it, and I just hate it. I hated it when I was a soccer broadcaster and people would give me nonsense about using normal words instead of soccer words. Like I'd say the pitch. I'd say field. Oh, no, it's and called I'd the pitch, pitch, sir. No, look, Even I knew that. Look, it's called the pitch. I'm aware it's called that, but my listener in Jacksonville, for the most part, isn't a diehard soccer fan. So I'm going to use terms that they can relate to, tradition, that they can understand. Tradition. It's, it's a fair point. It's tradition. Like we took soccer from Europe. So let's show Europe a little respect, right? That's not, that's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with respecting Europe. Well, isn't that why we we should be saying the pitch to show like respect for the game? Where no, we took it from? you call it whatever you want to call it. Okay. You're, just, you're the one describing it to people at home. Yeah. I feel like you should be able to use the terms that people are going to understand. I just thought that pitch was pretty common. That was just my thing. And but it is. I guess and not. so I use pitch, but I also use field because you know what? They're playing on a field. It's a pitch. It's also a field. Getting back to your point, though, second cut is a little ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. I've never even heard the, the term second cut before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Instead of the rough. Because the rough. The rough is just, whoa, that's whoa, that's a rough what, and tumble kind of term. One question. There. I heard a rumor that they pump the birds in the background into the lake. They got in trouble for that a couple of years ago. So that actually happened. That happened. Uh, Brett they and I pumped, had that discussion on the drive back. They pumped bird like birds chirping yeah. on the TV show. And somebody was listening and identified it as a bird that was not native to that region. See, then I, I hate the masters then. Like, if you're going to do that, that, oh. that, that's oh. ridiculous. See, well, let, no, let's be serious. It's a strong word. Well, okay. It's a strong I word. Just, like the Masters, and you're going to pump fake birds chirping now, in the background? Now, also, That's ridiculous. That could be the broadcast. So ridiculous. Okay, I'm just, Someone had a co-sign on that. Somebody somebody, somebody made that decision. It was a wrong decision. I'm pretty sure so, that the guy from the Masters co-signed on that. I'm the not guy sure. from the Masters? <laughs> the the, the <laughs> no. president. The main guy? The president. Okay. 
I also think we we brought this up or mentioned it going into a break. Uh, what the Masters mascot would be? Can yeah. we just agree it would be a pretentious Patty? Like it's just a lady and her name's pretentious or something like that. That's a little sexist. I mean, they didn't let women into the golf club for a long time. That's true. So it probably wouldn't be a lady, but whoever it was. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. I'm just saying. That's, no, that's true, an issue though. that they have combated as of late, and they now have the Augusta National Women's Amateur. They're moving forward. Yep. But up Progress. until a few years ago, they didn't have any female members. Okay. You know? Pretentious Patty. I was just going off whoever what Sue was saying would be, about They it. would have a monocle. Or maybe oh, 100%. a monocle. Or maybe yeah. yeah. a condescending Charlie. Oh. Yeah, see, I was yeah, going. Yeah, go. there we go. I like that. Yeah. All right, so that's fallen. It looks like that, the Monopoly that took guy. A, that took a left turn in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but fallen will be next, and, <laughs> and we'll actually get to highlight some things and bring some more positivity back into the world. That's coming up next, right here, Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. ESPN 690 here. We got Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson, Coos, and myself. Full house today now that the man's gone, Brent Martineau, on vacation with his family. He'll be back Monday. So we're just kind of taking over the reins a little bit. Kind of yeah, like we're a, having some fun here on a Friday. Kind of like a Kevin McAllister Home Alone situation. Causing a little chaos, having a little fun, but... Hopefully we don't get arrested. Hopefully nobody walks into the studio because that door is booby-trapped. It is booby-trapped to the teeth, so good luck with that one. Giant Kuz is looking around like, is him. it really? <laughs> <laughs> Do you dare to find out, Kuz? Play nope. the game, sir. All right. Well, hey, we did Fallen. Um, took some turns for the worst. Hey, I man, feel like, you, know but, you never know what can happen on live radio. But, but, but the good thing about Fallen is you always get a, get a re- shot of redemption and the ball a little bit. So, Stuart... Hit us with your ball and lead like things a, off here. Like a snake draft here. Snake draft. Yeah. Nice okay. word. Uh, for those fantasy football folks. All right. So my ball and goes to Tommy Krasanovich. Do you know Tommy? Oh. I know Tommy. No. <laughs> I was trying to take a guess of like what he could do. I have no idea. A local soccer player, Tommy okay. Krasanovich, once played for the Jacksonville Armada, the main team. Uh, now finds himself as uh, an assistant with the youth program and also a member of of the new UPSL team. There's an NPSL team. There's a UPSL team. I won't bore everybody with the details. But anyhow, the UPSL team, largely composed of young guys, under 20, uh, for the most part. Tommy's in his 30s. He's an assistant coach type. And he went out there and scored a goal in the opener of the UPSL season for the Jacksonville Armada. They'll be home, uh, by the way, Saturday night, uh, tomorrow night at Patton Park, if you want to go check them out in their first home game for the UPSL season. Uh, Tommy Krasanovich, I see him over at Orange Theory Fitness all the time, still getting his runs in, still getting his workouts in, and uh, still able to score on a free kick as he demonstrated this week. Very he cool. He is balling. Marcel, hit us with it. You know, my, I'm going to go a little bit, um, kind of not necessarily off the rails, but a little little different from my ball. My balling is actually going to be dedicated to Stuart Weber, Austin Lane. Uh-huh. And Coos holding down the fort while our fearless leader <laughs> is out the door on vacation. Um, I, I feel like when the tweet went out that Stewart sent about him holding down the fort, and, or all you guys holding down the fort, there was a little bit of, you know, questions as far as what the content would be. And I've listened during my many travels this afternoon, and of course with myself here, and I think that you guys are crushing it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You well, guys I, are. I, I, I think we all appreciate that. Right now, yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny how you. Used Forgave him for his Florida Gator comments, though, just like that. Oh, he has, know, we've he known has. about this jinx for yes. a while. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have n- I have made sure he didn't go cover a game for that exact reason <laughs> he did. in the past. Ten um, wins last season, and I didn't go. Yeah. Uh, 
we have worked around that in the sports department of Action Sports Jacks. Okay. Um, yeah, but we'll have to we'll have to do something about that because they're going to win tomorrow, and Marcel's going to be there. Okay, they're going to win. They're going to look good doing it. Hopefully, that's Coos, it. What do you got for balling, man? Dude, I got to say this weekend is balling. We got okay. so many sports things going on, you know. I think between the Masters, the NBA playoffs, Game the of NHL Thrones. playoffs, Game, uh, Game of Thrones. Thrones. I, didn't, I wasn't going to go outside of sports, but you're right. Game well, of Thrones is huge. I mean, big weekend's no. Game of Thrones, too. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then on top of that, I know you've been teasing it. We got a Star Wars trailer today. <sighs> we got the Avengers coming out soon. Like, this This is a good chunk of it's days good time here. to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Marcel Stewart, have you seen the Star Wars trailer? Yes. I have or not so. yet. Okay. I wanted to wait until I got in front of a computer. Spoiler alerts then. What did you think about it, Stuart? Oh, my gosh. There's not too many spoiler alerts. Well, oh, there's a big one. Right, well, you should have gone and watched it. Sorry. I think I yeah. might not have understood the spoiler a little bit. Papa Palpatine, baby. Papa, He's Papa, back. Papa yeah, that's that's what I didn't the understand. The line about, you know, they never die. So, Does that apply to the Sith as well? Are we going to get a Darth Vader know. return somehow? If we have Palpatine's voice in a trailer... Man, the oh. big question though is so the, the the movie is titled and this is the last one in the franchise with this storyline. Correct. As, as it's been announced, wrapping the, a nine epic movie yes. saga. It's uh the rise of Skywalker, correct? Yes. What do you think about that? I like how they visually show uh Rey rising into the sky and walking. See? See, and the, okay, keep on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. Because, uh, you know, a ship, I, it might have been, uh, who was piloting that ship? Kylo Ren, I'm thinking. That, that would be my guess as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does like an awesome kind of backflip through the sky kind of deal where yep. she's rising and walking on the sky, and we don't know who her parents were, and there's so many questions to be answered, and, well, do we find out? You, here. you take the bait, though, man. You do? I, yeah. I'm a bait no, taker. No, I enjoy you, bait. You took the bait. bait See, here's my prediction. We'll get back on uh, to the show here. <laughs> I think that the rise of the Skywalker is actually Kylo Ren because yeah. Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. a Skywalker. I think he has redemption. Sure. Now, get this part. Here's where Uncle Pumpa Palpatine comes in. I think Palpatine is Ray's either grandfather or father. So maybe she's the evil one. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were hesitant to tell Plot her who, who her real parents were. Because mm-hmm. there was a scene in The Force Awakens where they're by the cave, I think, and I forgot the character's name, the chick with like, the, the short lady with the glasses, yeah. where she's like, I've seen your future and everything, and they want to tell her about who her parents were. Because Palpatine's involved. I like it. I, it I mean, Are you guys minds blown or not? Coos can care. Well, Coos doesn't care. No, I it's do fine. care. I just, I just, I, I'm more of like, uh, I, I can talk about the theory. I just want to watch the movie. No, I, for like, sure. Anytime I do this, I'm like, oh man, I just wish it was out so I can watch it. Now. Yeah, it's not gonna be out for a while, is it? Yep. So we're gonna be talking about it more December, on the radio show. Think, oh man, yeah. ESPN 690. <laughs> All right, but let's get back into balling quick. So this is gonna be a long one for me. Balling, as Coos mentioned, this weekend there's a lot of cool things going on, but you missed two really cool things going on, and that's uh, boxing and UFC. So uh, Do that on purpose to set him up. Oh, I got you, man. I appreciate it. So let's get into boxing first. It's on tonight, Friday night, ESPN Plus. If you have the app, I highly recommend you check this out. I've been teasing this dude since the beginning of the show. His name is Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, the cool thing about this guy is that he's a boxer, obviously, but it's his story, it's his upbringing that made him the best boxer pound for pound in the world. Now, when someone says you're the pound for pound best fighter in the world, that means despite all the rankings, despite all the weight classes, this guy is considered the number one fighter in the world. So that should be reason enough to watch him do his thing. But what makes the guy so special in 
Lomachenko, it's the fact that he started boxing when he was four years old. Now, that's happened before, too, and his dad also was responsible for getting him into boxing and is his coach to this day. Eh, That sounds like Floyd Mayweather. That's pretty cool. But the crazy story with Lomachenko that a lot of people don't know about is that he has some of the best footwork in boxing. And the reason why he has the best footwork, because when he was five years old, his dad took away his gloves, would not let him throw a punch, and made him get into dancing for five years years couldn't do any more boxing so his dad made him get into dancing and this isn't just like some kind of tap dance jazz class this was like legit you know hardcore dancing like footwork and whatnot and when his dad said that his son was ready his dad brought him to boxing so now why did he do that well i've said before on this show when it comes to boxing or mma there's three important things in terms of defense and offense head movement where your hands are and your footwork Vasily, he has all three of these things. Usually a good fighter, especially a world champion, is going to have two things. Maybe they're lacking in the movement department. Maybe their hands are sometimes down, or maybe they don't have the head movement. This guy has all three. So something to keep in mind tonight, if you're going to watch this fight, watch his footwork, because that's what he sets everything up with. Usually a boxer, they have combos. They have you know the jab, the right, the cross. Those are pretty solid, you know pretty standard combos. I would say on average, maybe a world-class boxer has 20 to 30 combos that they go to, Vasily has around 100 that, that he can throw from different angles, right. from different stances whatnot. So definitely check him out tonight. Uh, it's definitely going to be a cool thing. And like I said, ESPN Plus, I think it starts at 11. A little bit of a late start time, but, late, uh, but that's uh, put right, the kids to bed and check it out. Yeah, right about after watching Action News Jax on go. CBS 47 and Fox 30 at 11. There yeah. we go. I'll be on there. Yes, so uh, stay awake for that. 12-1 uh, and one is his record. Two-time Olympic yep. gold medalist. Uh, so only 13 career fights, but he's already the pound-for-pound pound best guy, huh? So do you know why that is, though? Probably so, all the amateur fights. You, you saw yeah. his professional record. So his amateur record, he is 296. I'll say that again. He is 296 and one as an amateur, an Olympic medal, uh, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Right. So pretty legit background, pretty yeah. legit pedigree. And then I mentioned UFC as well. Yeah. UFC 236 in Atlanta this Saturday. Can't believe we didn't take the show there. Thanks a lot, Masters, for screwing that up for me. Whoa. But uh, we got Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier, the rematch from 2012. Now, if, you are, if you're a big MMA fan or if you're not, uh, I'll break down the first fight quick. Holloway in my opinion, was outmatched that fight. He was like 19 years old. He was a young kid, didn't have the experience yet. Poirier put him in a triangle, and that was game over for him. They're having the rematch now. This is for the interim title. Uh, the reason it's for the interim title is because Khabib Nagaman... I'm not going to say it. Can you say it? Khabib Nagamena Shapirov. Nagamena, not going to work here next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. So Khabib, everyone calls him Khabib for a reason. Even the analysts call him Khabib. Sure. Yep. So Khabib is suspended for his incident of hopping out of the cage. And Dana White, the UFC, they love to use the term interim belts. Not going to get into the whole thought of the interim belt right now. That's another conversation for another day. We'll talk about that some other time. But it is an interim fight. It is for the belt. Uh, Max Holloway is moving up from 145 to 155. Fighting Dustin Poirier right now, who's the number three 155er in the UFC. This fight will not go like the first one did where Max Holloway gets choked out. If, if you want any proof to that, watch Max Holloway's last fight where he fought Brian Ortega, who's one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters at 145. Everyone was saying how jiu-jitsu is one of the supreme um, su- su- supreme arts in terms of choking somebody out, in terms of getting somebody to the ground, in terms of dominating somebody. Max Holloway put those doubters to rest because Max Holloway pieced up Brian Ortega with ease and uh, ended up taking him out, I think, in the second round. So right. this fight coming up is going to be... 
I think a slobber knocker. UFC 236. It's going to be a slobber knocker. It's going to be on the feet. And then also I got to bring up two quick style bender versus Kelvin Gastelum. For those of you that don't know who style bender is, his name is Israel Adesanya. They're fighting for the interim belt again. Another interim Not going to bring up the interim belt like I said before. It is what it is. Style bender. They call him style bender for a reason. He has the craziest style I've ever seen versus Kelvin Gastelum. I thought um, he fought AJ Styles and bent him. Ooh. I like that. Style yeah, bender. no, I, I get it. Sure. Uh, that's a little bit of a deep dive, but not bad. Yeah. But uh, getting back to Kelvin Gastelum, uh, a guy with great hands, great boxing, also a wrestler. Kind of a clash of two styles here. They are fighting for the interim belt, like I said, because Robert Whitaker has been hurt. He has been out for a little bit. So we got two interim title fights this weekend. UFC in Atlanta on pay-per-view, but you have to have the ESPN Plus app. Once again, not getting into that as well, but there you go. There's your MMA and boxing breakdown. Yeah. Real quick, two more. We actually have two more local sports events going on uh, this weekend. Tomorrow we have uh, EWC has their spring football game at 2.30, and the Sharks kick off their season at 7 o'clock against the New York Streets. All right, UFC All right. 236 is going to be a slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. All right, ESPN 690 continues next. Welcome back to ESPN 690 here in good old Jacksonville. Weather's looking pretty eh, pretty peachy out there. I'm not upset with that. Hopefully it's going to be nice this weekend as well. We don't have a TV, but we got a window. Guys, any weekend plans coming up here? I mean, probably work for you guys, right? Work. Spring ball. <laughs> yeah, I will be uh, actually... In Gainesville for the majority of the day doing the old spring ball tour. and uh, The Marcel Robinson spring game tour continues. He was right. in Tallahassee <laughs> last week. Yep. Gainesville this week. We'll see if we can send him to maybe Orlando or Athens next week. Okay. Well, if anybody's available, you guys can come to the Lane Residence. We're going to be streaming Coachella uh, all weekend. <laughs> Wait, and is that, uh, a, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. People oh, stream yeah. It? People it's, stream that at home? It's like you're there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, I've heard there's nothing like being there. I've right. uh, been there once, and yeah, I mean, it, it's an experience. Um, I probably still haven't recovered back from 2012, if we're being honest. But uh, it's kind of like a family tradition now because my son's really into music and whatnot. My wife's obviously into music. So what we do is uh, I think Red Bull TV puts it out. Oh. And you stream, uh, you can stream it like on your television, and then we blast it up. We turn up the speakers and everything. My son loves it. My wife enjoys it, and I, I enjoy it too. The only bad thing about it is it's on the West Coast. So yeah, late. Yeah, it's going to be like a 3 o'clock in the morning kind of shindig, yeah, but it is what it is, man. We're, we're going to have a blast this weekend. So. I was going to say, Coachella kind of feels to me like one very long happy hour. Get a shot and tip your star tenders and kids. If you're at Coachella, drink enough water, please. Stay please, hydrated. Please drink water. I drink water here, too. I heard this weekend's supposed to be pretty hot. Okay. A little PSA by Coos. Hot weekend coming up. Really humid. It's not the heat. It's the it's humidity, humidity that's going to get you. Actually, I believe uh, first alert, movie. weather chief meteorologist Mike Burr said that Sunday is supposed to be the hottest day of the year thus far. 90 degrees is what I saw, too. That oh. does not sit well for me as I have two. Like football games oh. beginning at noon. Very serious. And the second one at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. They're one-hour game. So serious. Hey, it's 90 so- degrees at one hour might feel Sounds like, like a-, a Pedialyte game for you, Marcel. Uh, I might I might pass out. Five bucks? All right. Those things are expensive still, man. He's going to cramp up out there. Marcel will. Anything to win. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Right.
Oh, goodness. Well, we can always have Marcel's flag football to look forward to and, <laughs> and hear whatever, whatever boasting he has. All I know is that I'll be getting out of uh, out of the office uh, on Sunday by a pre-described time so I can go watch some Game of Thrones. All right. Fair enough. Do you have any Game of Thrones predictions before we kind of reset the show here? Meteor hits the planet. Everybody dies. Seriously? Whole yeah. Whole planet just, Honestly? just destroyed. Seriously? No, not okay. seriously. Okay, well, but, uh, give us any prediction. Everyone's got predictions. What do you got for us? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't... Uh, the problem is, is that all the characters I like are still alive, which means they're all going to die. True. And, you know... You're I, invested. I, you're invested, and that was the number one thing you can't do when you get into the series. You can't... You can't get attached to anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love Arya Stark. She's great. It's awesome. See ya. But... I, but you know, that's the way the show goes. So yeah. you, you don't want to be attached to anybody, and I don't want to put any predictions on it because it's just going to blow my mind, whatever it is. Coos, I'd ask you for your predictions, but you got busted watching yeah, inappropriate watch scenes in office, from Game Coos. of Thrones in no, the office. But here's the thing, and, and I, was, I was actually, while you were bringing this up, I was scrambling to try to find the original tweet because it's not mine, but someone posted that Khaleesi's going to lose a three-dragon lead. I, I've, I've seen that a couple times. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, was, that's pretty funny. Yep. Okay, so Khaleesi's losing a three-dragon lead coming from Coos. <laughs> Marcel, you watch Game of Thrones? I am not a Game of Thrones watcher, okay, but only so, because I came in super late and I just don't have time to binge watch to catch up. Fair enough, and I'm going to give my prediction real quick because if I'm correct... Only 70 hours of programming to catch up on. <laughs> if I'm correct, uh, I want it to be known. Okay. Um, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the show. Oh, I guess gosh. just a couple of years for yeah, a minute. Yeah, I mean, you've had time. But here's my prediction, Stuart, and right. you can back me up here. I think nobody at the end is going to sit on the throne. I think the throne is made of Valyrian steel, and I think they're going to melt that throne down to fight White Walkers. Therefore, nobody sits on the throne. Therefore, nobody becomes the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. Everyone goes for themselves. It's kind of like a metaphor. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think you're going to hey, have... don't worry. Those goosebumps will go away after yeah, a while. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait until they get here first before <laughs> they have to go away. Um, yeah, I, I don't... No? No. Why? No. Dude, that's, a, that's a whatever, man. That's fine. To I, me, I mean, that would be a worse ending, and I, and I don't know the lead-up, but I was pretty disappointed think with about Lost. It. The whole time, everyone's trying to get on the throne. The throne is the right. only thing that's going to keep everybody alive you, when they melt you, it down. Did you watch Lost at all, ever? Yeah, it was one of my favorite shows of all they time. They were trying to get off the island, then it's like, oh, hey, actually, they're all dead. Well, that's <laughs> up for debate, but okay. Right. I was just going to start watching Lost next week. Uh, what in the world? Uh, well, you, you had like 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, you've had that, a while. So I know. You're on the <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and reset the show quick. We we'll talked about it. Leonard Fournette a little bit. Well, what happens from here? I mean, does it finally start to die down yeah, it, now? It just goes away in a couple days. It just goes away in a yeah. couple of days, and we're all Next good. Next week, we hear from uh, Calais and Foles, and then we're talking about football again. Let's well, go. we also have the state of the franchise coming up. State of the franchise. There's plenty of things to get us back on talking about other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's already done. It, it's it's gone. It's whatever. It's. Do you expect anything crazy to come from the state of the franchise at all, or just pretty much vanilla stuff? I mean... I they think coming, like, coming off like of losing something. Well, and uh, coming off a of losing season, I feel like it's even more pressure to perform and to you know make the people optimistic this year. Yeah, I I kind of get what you're saying, just because year after year, even when they were losing, they would still come up with something cool every year at the state of the franchise, and it's like, all right, well, the product on the field hasn't been great, but check out these new scoreboards. Waterfalls, yep. Check out this dog, dog park. Yeah. You know, uh, we got pools. You know, all the cool stuff that comes along with it. And I want to say last year was Lot J. Well, now we got to figure out where Lot J is going. Is it, you know, is it still going to have the full grandeur that it was going to now that JEA is not going to uh, settle down with roots in that as their main area? 
Uh, you know, what's what's next with that? When's that getting going? When are what's happening with the overpass? Uh, I'm I'm sure something's going to come out of it. Or are we going to get a wrestling ring built into the stadium now that AEW's here? You know, what what are we going to get as part of uh, the state of the franchise? As Shad Khan would always say to us on every single interview, stay tuned. He, he, every time he would always say that, we could always count on a one stay tuned in there. We always enjoyed that aspect of it. So uh, excited, excited to see what, what they have to, to pitch and, you know, where where the business side of things are. That's always kind of interesting for people who like numbers. Um, I know there's a good amount of season ticket holders who aren't happy right now with, with another 10% increase despite the results from last year. You can you can stomach that after a winning season, after a trip to the AFC Championship game. Uh, but, you know, I I know – personally a bunch of friends who are like no we're not we're not renewing we're still going to go mm-hmm. um we're still going to go to a majority of the games but we're not going to buy season tickets this year not if they're going to up it again and and that continuing divide of having to buy season tickets and then including those preseason games is just rough you mentioned AEW, and I quick want to touch on that topic because uh, I'm probably going to forget if we don't. I forgot about the happy hour horn. Sorry about that, Brent. Sorry to our sponsors. But AEW, um, rumors going around right now, rumors circulating. And Stuart, you're a guy that follows wrestling a little bit. And Marcel, I'm not sure about you either. But with uh, all the wrestling, there's there's rumblings. There, there's talking of that Turner the Turner Broadcasting Company might buy all the wrestling. It's interesting because uh, I was, you know, to preface this, I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When uh, it was the big WCW versus WWE wars, the, yep. the the back and forth with Nitro and Raw, and I was a WCW guy to be honest. So was I back you in know, the day. I was, yeah. I was all on that side for sure, and I really didn't follow wrestling at all for forever, leading up to this AEW announcement, mm-hmm. and and that kind of got me interested again in, in that side of the business, knowing that hey, you know, it it could have something to do with Jacksonville and and have an impact on us in local sports. So. I've started to pick back up some knowledge on on the AEW, the business side. I won't watch most of the events just because, I don't know, I'm I'm not as into it as the actual fans. But Mm -hmm. from a sports broadcaster and a covering Jacksonville sports perspective, there's some merit to it for me. The same way I kept track of Fulham Football Club because it's owned by Shad Khan and it affects us locally in Jacksonville how well that team does. And So speaking of affecting the community and affecting the city of Jacksonville, it's a good sign for all the wrestling right now if TNT is interested Absolutely. in buying your product because let's be honest here, they haven't had an event yet. You have no idea what kind of product they're going to put out. Now we know who the wrestlers are. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen the wrestlers that we've seen them perform before. Yep. But as under the all Elite wrestling, there hasn't been one match underneath the banner yet. Now they, they've had the the all event, um, the, the all event. They've had the, the pay per view, double or nothing in Las Vegas, sell out in like three minutes, which is great for them. But the fact that TNT is already interested in TNT being a company who owned WCW, mm-hmm. who um, I don't want to say let the company go fail, but let's be honest, Vince McMahon won that battle, D- WCW folded, and WWE became king. And that's not a direct correlation to TNT, but sure. that's what happened. So I'm curious to see what happens now with All Elite Wrestling. I'm curious to see if it actually is, is going to be on TV with TNT and the network. And another question two people got to start asking is, if they have pay-per-views, TNT is in direct correlation with HBO. HBO yeah. Do you start airing the pay-per-views on maybe like an H- HBO Go or like the, like the HBO app? That's not a, not a bad company to get in bed with for sure uh, when you're talking about those distribution rights. And, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows that WWE is the top dog. They're bringing in Fox. They're moving SmackDown from Tuesday to Friday. That opens up Tuesday. 
perhaps a little Tuesday Night Dynamite AEW <laughs> on TNT. I saw that on the Twitter somewhere. Oh, somebody, I was going to say, Tony, so, come I didn't, come up, I didn't okay. come up with that. Somebody did. Okay. Well, Tuesday Night Dynamite, I mean. I like it. You know, that's that's huge because you're, you're getting that void on that day that people are watching wrestling. And you jump right in there and you're giving people this product. And it's good for everybody that, it you know, rising tides lift all boats. That's that's kind of the saying. Ooh. So if uh, you can write that on the whiteboard if you need to. If, uh, that's, Can't remember. <laughs> it's gone already, right? One ear out the other. But, yeah. you know, hey, if, if the wrestling industry is healthy, it's healthy for everybody. And I'm sure TNT sees that uh, that pocketbook from the cons and says, you know what, let's let's make this work. Let's do it. Fantastic. When we come back on, we're going to talk about Kuz's NBA bracket. I think Marcel filled one out as well. What's going to happen with Los Angeles Lakers now going forward? What's going to happen with Luke Walton? Also, a little, uh, little hockey summary here for you people. Um, if you don't have a team yet, I'm going to give you a breakdown of a team you could cheer for. Stay tuned. ESPN 690. With all apologies to Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs are coming up, and uh, that is kind of king in the sports world. After the Masters, of course, I, I respectfully turn my hat to the Masters, but after the Masters, I feel like it's playoff basketball. Do you disagree or agree there, Stuart? I disagree. What is it then? I'm not a basketball guy. Oh, okay. I, mean, well, I, should, I should turn I'll, to Marcel then. You should. No, Marcel will agree with you. Um, you. You might have remembered earlier in the show when you were asking me about the sports I like to cover and enjoy. I think I named every single one except for basketball. I guess that is a good point. I yes. kind of did. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't. Professional basketball doesn't do much for me. So in the personally. sporting world, though, in your opinion, then what becomes king after the Masters here? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm all about the boys of summer. I'm all about baseball season. Okay. Just a, a nice, relaxing, easy summer. It's not like they play 100 and something games. No, 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 you got plenty I'm, of time for that, but all right. There is time for that, but if if I'm not interested in the other stuff, I don't want to watch it. I mean, I and that's the thing. It's like I will I will watch the end of some playoff games. But much like in the regular season, which doesn't matter in the NBA, um, when we get to the playoff games, the first three quarters of every single game doesn't matter. It all comes down to the fourth quarter of every game. And when I'm just being limited to this tiny window of a game to pay attention to, it kind of makes me lose interest in the rest of it because I have to catch it at the exact moment. Does that okay. make sense? It's little, my, pers- it's my personal bit. opinion of it. I mean, Oh, it's definitely personal. Uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not doing it to offend anybody. I'm just not as big a fan of it. Like uh, playoff hockey, uh, yeah. NHL. I'll watch the games that go into overtime. I like the sudden death nature of overtime where I can watch the extra period until it ends. But like, eh, you know, the rest of it, I'll just, oh, wow. I'll catch I'll catch on when I watch it. Yeah. When okay. I watch it, I enjoy it. Okay. But, uh, we, we got Coos here at the driving dish podcast. Uh, Coos, you a hockey playoff guy, NBA play. I mean, obviously watching, NBA playoff guy. Yeah. But. So it always gets frustrating with me because I do like to watch hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a Flyers guy, but my girlfriend and her whole family's uh, fans of the Hurricanes. They live right next to the Hurricane Stadium, so it's it, like I'm cheering for them. It's fun to watch those games. We had it on yesterday. We were watching a little bit of that. Uh, it was a cool little almost comeback that they had there, but it always coincides when NBA is going on. And with the podcast, I got to be paying so much attention to basketball that sometimes like it'll be on and uh, hockey will be on and I'll be trying to look up some scores of games or, or stat crunch for the next game and, and maybe place a few bets here and there, but you know, <laughs> hey. that, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's always kind of frustrating to me because they're at the same time. Well, speaking of the NBA, apparently you and Marcel have filled out NBA brackets 
Yes. Something I've never done, Stuart. I think you'll agree with me. You haven't done it either. I have not Just, done it, but if I had to do one this year, I'd have Golden State winning it all. I think most I people think probably yeah, do. It's, just, it's not that fun to it's me because a, there's yeah, not enough teams well, and to make I it think, interesting. Like, let's, let's see your college football playoff bracket next year, guys. Can't wait for that one. I think know? the other thing with NBA is – there's not there's upset potential, but because it's out of seven games, it kind of limits the chance, yeah, chance at an upset. It. It's if not it like was, March Madness, right? If it's one game, all yeah. right, yeah, 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 maybe I do pick the Rockets over the Warriors in it, but but there's seven games potentially, and so that kind of kills the chance to me, at least for there being an upset. Although I do have, I, I actually only have one uh, well, upset. I was going to say my favorite NBA Marce- team. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Marcel's favorite NBA oh, yeah, team. Okay. Yeah, I do. Thunder up for life, baby. The the <laughs> the only uh the only upset I have is OKC over Portland, and that would change for me if uh, Nurkic his pretty gruesome leg injury didn't happen a few weeks back. Um, I think they're going to be down a guy, and I just I just There's a guy named Nurkic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Nurkic is right. he had a pretty rough leg injury. He might even be out all of next year, depending on how yeah, the recovery goes. Yeah, his leg pretty much just fell off. Folded. Yeah, like so, that Auburn gymnastics girl. You uh, see that one? Yes. Both her legs. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, was really bad. Idea. Don't yeah. watch that, people. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's quick hear the picks. I mean, let's go through the whole thing. It's not that long. It's not like the NCAA tournament, <laughs> so we we have time. We have forty right. minutes. It's not here. like you're comparing every hockey team to a guy you meet at a bar. Yeah, you want me to compare <laughs> hey. every basketball team. <laughs> I'm getting great reviews by that, so yeah. keep hating, guys. Yeah. Here's the Golden State Warriors. They are the owner of the bar, and they will kick everybody else <laughs> okay. out. <laughs> okay, keep making fun. So second round, you got everybody top seed advancing. So Golden State, Houston, except for Oklahoma City, yeah, so, Denver, mm-hmm. Toronto, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. All right, go yes. from there. And then I've got uh, I've got Boston losing to Milwaukee. And I've got the Sixers beating the Raptors. That might be a little bit of a homer pick on my end. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can do a three over two. It's yeah. not too homerish. Yeah, and I and I think the uh the Sixers in Milwaukee match up really well, but I think the Bucks will get it in seven. <laughs> okay, so the one seed advances in the East. Yes. <laughs> my Milwaukee Bucks are beating the seventy sixers, by the way. I like no, that. Yeah, I, that's just to really put that out there. I'm I just, just think, making sure the people at home know. I think they match really well though, so I think it's gonna take seven. Okay. And then uh, I actually have I sure hope so. Go, I have a Golden State going up against Denver. Um, and I actually have that ending pretty quickly because Golden State has seemed to handle their business against uh, Denver in the regular season. So I so I the other one seed as well. Yes, yeah. and then I've got going Golden shock. State versus Milwaukee, but I have it going seven games. I do think that's going to be a really good uh, finals for us. But Golden State gets it again. Okay, so we got the same bracket, is what you're saying. You and me. We, Gold, yeah. Golden State all the way. Marcel, is that pretty much like your bracket? Uh, actually, that is um, basically identical to my bracket. Although <laughs> I, I, wow, the, the parody and excitement of this NBA yeah. playoffs is but, just immense. But I do think, um, because now some, some news just came out not that long ago, that there is a chance that Paul George may sit the first game. Uh, versus Portland. That could make it a little longer because of his because of his shoulder and and for for those who may, didn't watch the last Oklahoma City game versus the Rockets, actually he had issues with both of his shoulders. Um, so all of our fellow Thunder buddies. Now, for life. I'd also like to point out if Marcus Smart were still healthy, I would have Boston over your Bucks. Okay, smart decision. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. No, because I going think to the he's, just because they kind of have experience with it a little more than the Bucks do. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is a huge like uh, power punch that to that team, and yeah. and he's so important to what the Celtics try to do. He might be able to make it back during the Bucks series, depending on when the uh, the oblique injury is healed up. 
but I think missing him is going to put them at a deficit. Yeah, their sure. chances are very oblique. <laughs> Guy doesn't stop, does he? No, it really no. doesn't. You All can right. ask anybody. Marcel, we talked a little bit about uh, Walton getting fired from the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. I mean, if you're a free agent right now, do you even bother going to that team, or are you just so turned off by everything that's went down with Magic Johnson by them firing their head coach now? I mean, is it a situation where it's not even worth investigating, it's not even worth thinking about going to? See, I think it depends on what kind of player you are and where you are in your development. I think if you're kind of a, a younger player or maybe a, a role player trying to transition into maybe a, a more higher profile guy, I think the Lakers spot is a good spot for you because um, study, I mean, past, present, and future – of course, LeBron makes people better. He doesn't. How better? How much better does he make them? It depends on the guy. But if you're like a you know a superstar, like your AD, or um, for those people who for some reason think Kevin Durant will consider going to the Lakers, or even Kyrie, like if you're a superstar guy, that I don't think that's necessarily the move for you, just because there's so much that comes along with it. Um, I mean, being being in LA is already high profile enough. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad place to go, but if I'm a player and I want to get better. I mean, I would want to play with LeBron James. Why not? Do the players have to star in Space Jam 2 with him? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's the case. We, we no talked one. about that. It's well, going to be WNBA uh-huh. players. Here's the other thing to look at, it, and this is kind of the chatter that's happening on Twitter right now about Luke Walton being fired and all that stuff is, you know, everyone's focused on who's LeBron James going to want to play with. But the other side of this is, Who's Anthony Davis going to want to play with? Mm-hmm. And if they can hire him, then Anthony Davis is more likely to come and they kind of lock in that connection as well. So that's the other side of this that we should be looking at. See, and my issue with the whole LeBron James thing, I get it. The guy's still one of the best basketball players in the NBA. Uh, he's one of the best basketball players of all time. Look what he's done in Cleveland, Miami. Uh, not much in L.A. yet, but we'll see what happens there. But my question is, the guy's 34 years old. Coming off a pretty serious groin injury, he was out for half the season. How much does he still have left to give? And I get NBA is a game where you, you can play. I mean, Vince Carter says what's up. Rich Jefferson says what's up. But the way that LeBron James plays, the way that he drives to the lane, he's not a finesse player, and I don't see him being a finesse player anytime soon. Can he sustain a full season still? And do guys have the, the guys that are younger that want to learn from LeBron James, do they have confidence in him going forward to lead the team? I think you have to. I think, uh, especially as a young guy, I mean, you you basically grew up watching this guy, and now you get to play with him, and, and they get the benefit of seeing him in practice. So they kind of really get an up-close and in-depth look at, uh, you know, is he slowing down, so to speak, because um, they obviously see a little bit more than we do. Um, can he withstand the whole season? I mean, I think we're approaching that point now where LeBron James is definitely going to be not necessarily taking games off, but he'll take more plays off. You may see him, I mean, last year we saw it a bunch where he was kind of, you know, just a help guy on defense as opposed to, you know, locking down and shutting down the best player or whatever like that. I think he understands that. He's a smart player. He, he gets that. He can't, you know, carry the load of the team 82 games. One last question for you guys. Anthony Davis right now is slated to probably go to the L.A. Lakers. Who are your dark horse team to snake and grab Anthony Davis? I don't think it's a dark horse, but I think Boston could be in contention. Okay. Maybe the Knicks if something okay. crazy goes on. But yeah. you, you don't see a team that no one's really talking about? Hey, hey don't count out. Now, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a guy that's been known to make some deals now. Don't count out Pop. The Spurs. That's kind of what I was getting at. That's what I was thinking, but he's going to Memphis. See. He's going to Memphis, the yep. Grizz? Yep. All right. Timberwolves. Grin yep. grind. <laughs> Grizz, Grizz for life. Grizz for life. So, yeah. All right. 
Let's take another break. Quick, we come back in ESPN 690. I think uh, Stewart's got a little something he wants to put Billy Herschel. I think we have time to play it, man. Yeah, we, we can we can discuss that. We'll also uh, decide to stay in your lane. We got a, a big segment coming up here next, so stay with us on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back into Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. Of course, you can listen here on the air. Hopefully some folks are out there on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. And if you missed it, our man Koo is going to put it together in a podcast a little later on this evening. And you can always go check it out there as well. Right, Koos? As long as I don't screw it up like I did on oh, Wednesday. Oh, boy. Come on. I got a lot of people waiting for that. Anyhow. Brett Martin, of course, on vacation. And by on vacation, I mean he's probably watching the Masters somewhere. Yeah. Masters currently in a bit of a weather delay. Uh, we did Ooh. expect some afternoon thunderstorms to, to roll through there. I don't think it's anything too serious, but uh, currently in a delay and uh, slowing down the big cat who was on the prowl. Tiger Woods uh, picking up a birdie at number 11, and then he hits his tee shot at 12. That is, of course, the center of Amen Corner to 10 feet. So a beauty of a tee shot on the par three. He'll have that birdie putt coming up after the weather delay. Why so, is it called Amen Corner real quick? There's some good reason why. But you don't know it. I don't know. Okay, I was I wondering if like somebody died you, or something. I, I don't know. You like, might have to pray to do well. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot like That's that. That's okay. Dude. I mean, you know. It's a hey, I'm a casual golf guy. Sure. It was a casual golf kind of question. I know it's on Google. Okay. If you Google it, there's an answer. I'll check it out for all you golf fanatics out sure. there wondering just and like I am. While you do that, I'll set up a little uh, little topic we're going to delve into here. And, and that's the matter of fans and the way they can affect an athlete's performance. And, and golf is a perfect example of that because you consider how close uh, to a golfer the fans are when they're hitting tee shots, when they're hitting shots in the fairway, and, and just how quiet they have to be, How unless you're happy, Gilmore, how quiet <laughs> they have to be when you're hitting that shot, um, and how many distractions there can be in, in a game that's so very focused on minute details. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with Billy Horschel, the former Florida Gator, now Ponte Vedra resident, at the Masters earlier this week, and just talk about what it's like to play this event where there's no cell phones, no cameras and significantly less distractions in a world where there's more and more fan interaction than ever before. It's a good thing type deal. You know, we don't have to worry about, you know, people unfortunately maybe having their phone um, not on site and take a picture. You unfortunately can hear that sometimes. And, you know, fans fans are excited. And, um, you know, but 99.9% of the fans are really good. You have 1% or less than 1% that, that take it a little overboard. But, that's with any fan base. That's with anybody in any sport. It gets that way. So it, it's been unfortunate with our sport a little bit because of respect and the quorum that we have. But um, listen, fans need to have fun, but they just need to understand, you know, we're still trying to make a living for ourselves out here. Really good perspective on that just because you're a big fan yourself of, of so many other sports. Yeah, I think it's easier for someone who plays at a high level to understand how to, uh, to go about the excitement from other sports. Um, if you've never played... And I'm not saying you've never played, but, you know, if you're not used to playing at a high level, um, whether you play in college or maybe semi-pro or whatever, you know, some people may under, not fully understand, you know, just the way that how to conduct themselves in any sport type deal. You see it You see it now even in basketball. You've seen the, the, the crowds are chirping at some guys. Obviously, you've seen what's happened with Russell Westbrook and a couple other things. You've seen it in the NFL, unfortunately, with our Jaguars last season, with the, two seasons ago with the Seahawks. Um, you know, the fans are just they're feeling a little bit 
you know, puff the chest out a little bit more, feel like they have a little bit more leeway. But at the end of the day, you still want to respect the person for who they are and respect for what they're trying to do. You can, you can root against them, you can do that, but just respect the person for, you know, what uh, kind of athlete they are. Always good catching up with uh, Billy Horschel because he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And he is a huge sports fan, big Jags fan, big Gators fan. And, and so he has that perspective. And, uh, Austin, you were kind of listening to it during during that you know yeah. soundbite there we had with Billy from earlier this week. Uh, Brent Martineau's voice sneaking into the show, uh, by the way, when he asked that question. In Just the couldn't resist. Doesn't, doesn't count for the streak. It ends at 64. Um, <laughs> but for you, Austin, as a, as a football player and now as an MMA fighter, uh, not as not as comparable as say a golfer where you want that silence. Yeah, exactly. And being a guy that has come from a lot of crowd noise, a lot of fan interaction, it's hard for me to sympathize with a golfer, I guess I think a professional bowler too where they need complete silence to concentrate. They need that complete silence in order to do their job at the best of their abilities. It's hard for me to relate. It's hard for me to sympathize with that. Um but I agree with what Billy said in the fact that Fans pay that ticket. They use their hard-earned money to pay ticket, whether it's to golf, MMA, basketball, football, whatever game you want to pick. Fans pay money for that ticket. So if they want to cheer, I say you let them cheer. If they want to get in somebody's face, now to an extent, now I'm going to say sure. that they want to, you know, the problem is people are crossing somebody, that line too much lately. If you cross the line, whether it's a you bring up something, someone's family, someone's ethnicity, uh, even someone's religion, which has happened before in the UFC, obviously, I think that's where you cross the line. So, and one that has to ask the question, well, where is that line? And I'm not the guy to say where the line is right now. But I think if you offend somebody by saying those three things I just mentioned, then you're over the line. But I think as a fan, they have a right, since they paid that money, to cheer or to heckle, if you will. As long as they stay in their lane. Oh, nice transition. By the way, Amen Corner, if yes, you will. which they've just resumed golfing. So Amen Corner. Quick little break. Stuart, you've been there. Is it loud at eh, Amen Corner? I mean, like, is, is there a lot of cheering if- because I guess there's holes right next to each other. Yeah, correct? it's it's a one, it's this little stretch here so where you have it's the a yeah, big right gathering, next to each other. right? Sure, there's a lot of people. The, that's what this Google thing's like. Okay, so apparently the term Amen Corner comes from uh, American golf writer Herbert Warren Wind. Uh, searching for a way to describe the trio of holes, he coined the term Amen Corner in 1958. Wind would later reveal that the moniker came from the title of a jazz album called Shouting in That Amen Corner. All right. And I guess the fans have been roaring ever since. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. I don't gonna, know. They're going to be roaring at 12 if Tiger can sink a birdie putt he's got upcoming. There we go. And speaking of roaring, did you watch the Calgary Flames game last night? Probably not. But no, I it was, I yeah. It. Uh, I was tired. You want to talk about a crazy and hockey I was city, darts. man. The Calgary yeah. Flames, were uh, they brought it. They, they absolutely crushed the avalanche, just like I said would happen. But you don't um, like the avalanche. But, but, but I'll tell you what, though. Canada really brings it in okay, terms yeah. of NHL. So yesterday I broke down the Western Conference playoff hockey teams, and I did it in a way that could get every involved. Uh, I, I compared the hockey teams to people that you would meet in a bar. Well, yesterday was the Western Conference. Today, by popular demand, by Twitter, um, Twitter, just, I guess, swag that people were tweeting me this morning. I'm doing the Eastern Conference playoffs, so here we go. Oh, yes. The people have spoken. The people have spoken. So, Stuart, like I said yesterday, you were here. I yeah. am biased to a, a few teams. Sure. Uh, the Avalanche were one of them. The Tampa Bay Lightning are another team I'm biased towards, unfortunately. So if you're a Lightning fan, maybe turn off the radio right now because I'm sure there are some Lightning fans listening. But Lightning fans, if you're the guy in the bar and you're a Lightning fan, 
you are the guy who was all state in high school and now you beat up on people during YMCA basketball and you can't help talking about how good you are even though those glory days are long, long gone. The Lightning come in tying the wings with the best record ever in the regular season of the NHL. Sounds great. A team that has tons of talent thanks to former GM Steve Eiserman, former Detroit Red Wing, hence why I don't like the Lightning anymore. Uh, the Lightning are a favorite to win it this year, and while it seems like every year they are the favorite, they've only won one Stanley Cup in the past 15 years. NHL analysts are going to tell you, oh, yeah, the Lightning look good this year. We like what the Lightning are doing. But let's be honest. They go they go to the playoffs. Martin St. Louis was uh, was kind of a god back in the day, but only one Stanley Cup to show from it. They've lost Steve Eiserman now as a general manager. I'm curious to see how the Lightning do going forward. But like I said, the Lightning are the guy who was All-State at athlete in high school, beats and up people at the YMCA. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, you said it. They, they had a 126 points, 62 wins, tying yeah. that record. Uh, high expectations for them this year. But it seems every year there's high expectations for the Lightning. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see how they do this year. I mean, you're already down in a 1-0 hole. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And uh, a little thing with Steve Eisenman too. So the results speak for themselves. Granted, they've only had one Stanley Cup, but I think yeah. Eisenman really turned that franchise around. He leaves this uh, this past season. People are wondering what was going on there. Supposedly, he just want to be with his family. Are you ready for another Austin Lane prediction? Let's hear it. Where is he going to land? I think Steve Eisenman is not going to go back to Detroit because he's from Canada, so it doesn't make sense to go back to Detroit. I think he's going to spearhead the new Seattle Totems NHL team in Seattle and take over that franchise. Is that happening? I think in 2021, 2022. They already named it, though, the Totems? Uh, I'm pretty sure the Totems are like the favorite right now. I like that. Yeah, I think it's the Totems. Yeah, go and Google it. So, yeah, Yeah. Seattle Totems, Steve Eiserman. Okay. I call it here. All right, Columbus Blue Jackets, who just beat the Lightning a couple nights ago. Kind of an upset, if you will. Indeed. Uh, The underdogs, if you will. The, the, The Blue Jackets are the short, quiet guy that doesn't talk too much. You don't know what he's thinking about. Are you threatened by this gentleman? There's something that makes you a little uneasy about him, and it's not a guy you want to start a fight with. Let's be honest here with the Blue Jackets. In the last 19 seasons in the NHL, the Blue Jackets have never been out of the first round of the playoffs. They earned the last wild card spot in the playoffs this year, and they had to fight tooth and nail to get to the playoffs. That being said, don't count them out. They're scrappy. Okay. They're, uh, are they gritty? There's someone you don't mess with. Uh, and they are gritty, yes. Yeah, I'm going to use the term okay. gritty at least yep. 25 times sure. talking about hockey teams. Yep. So that's the, the Blue Jackets. Okay. Let's get into the Boston Bruins, who played last night, got beat, unfortunately. A lot of Bruins fans. There are a lot of Bruins fans. The Bruins are kind of like the old bouncer at the bar. It seems like you see him every time you go. He seems likable, but he has the grit and toughness to make you think twice about being friends with the guy. He's seen a lot of craziness in his life. He might have some tattoos, might have some cauliflower ears. Okay, so the Boston Bruins have faced a lot of injuries this season with only four players playing over 75 games. The Bruins are known for their solid defense anchored by captain Sidney Ochara, who is 6'9", by the way. Like a bouncer, Chara is quiet, respectable, but not afraid to get physical and throw fists when it comes down to it because the Bruins also lead the NHL in penalty minutes for fighting this year. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. So that's the Boston Bruins. Let's break it down with one more, and then we'll take a break here. Toronto Maple Leafs, who just uh, beat the Boston Bruins, actually. Oh, Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are the loner college student at the bar who wanted to do things his way instead of taking his parents' advice, and now he's just praying that he can make it on his own and be successful. The Maple Leafs are an original six team. That means that they're one of the very first NHL teams in the league. But it's been 
52 years since they've been to a Stanley Cup championship. It's a hot second. Especially being from Canada. 26 years since the Canadian teams won. Can, can you imagine the pressure right Ooh. now? Oof. High. So 52 years since Toronto's been in the Stanley Cup, the pressure is high. The Maple Leafs have struggled to be consistent this year, but they're led by free agent John Tavares and also superstar youngster Austin Matthews. No relation. Uh, they went a legit... They went a legit 48-28-8 during the season. Um, they're an intriguing team, and they're a team I like a lot. Uh, I'm not going to pick them for my Stanley Cup winner, but they're a team that you definitely want to keep an eye on. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm intrigued. Okay. All right, so that's uh, that's half of the that's Eastern half. Conference. That's a little teaser for everybody at home. The different teams, who they are in the bar when you go out yeah. on a Friday evening like tonight when you head out to the bars and you can go look for your favorite hockey team amongst the people. Exactly. Uh, four more of those coming up next, and we'll wrap up the show. We're going to jam-pack a ton of stuff into this final segment. Thanks so much for listening. It's Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back into the final segment of ESPN 690, joined by Stuart Weber, who's been keeping Brent's seat warm the whole day done a, a fantastic job I've got most of your jokes that you've told today um, I drop a lot of them in there I'm, the I'm a thing. high volume guy so you're a high volume guy and I gotta keep up with it because with Brent you know I was putting cruise control let him sure. talk but with you man I'm on my toes and I appreciate that you know I try I try my hardest uh, as far as headlines are concerned today Tiger Woods is how we sitting right now with Tiger currently four under par currently four under par headed to the par five uh, 13th Luke Walton was fired today from the yeah. Los Angeles he Lakers gone. And uh, besides that, uh, pretty much pretty slow, slow news. Yeah, news not, not a lot, in, in a whole lot going on today. Uh, yeah. Just uh, all the rest of the headlines you're going to have to watch tonight. Action Sports Checks, 6.53 on Fox 30. And it's supposed to be a pretty hot weekend, as we've talked about, too, for oh, yeah. the weather. But you know what? We're going to cool things off with some more hockey talk. Woo! What do you guys think about that? So I'm going to finish up my Eastern Conference playoff teams. If these hockey playoff teams were guys in a bar, who would they be? Let's go to the Washington Capitals, the defending champions. The Washington Capitals are that musician that used to play at the bar that made it big but remained humble throughout the years. Okay. You didn't really notice them at first, Stuart. You didn't really think they're anything special. But last year, they hit it big with a big song, and they made it even bigger when they left their general manager behind. But somehow, they remained humble and likable. Coming off their Stanley Cup win last year, many people thought the Caps would have a little hangover, especially as their a literal hangover, a literal hangover, especially <laughs> they as their a lot. especially as their coach and leader uh, seemed to just walk away from the franchise for whatever reason. That never really got explained. But anyway, so he walked away. They got a brand new head coach. We'll enter Alex Ovechkin, who is poised to make another run at the Stanley Cup. They have a solid team. One would think that. They won it before. Why not do it again? And I agree with that. I think they have all the, the intangible pieces. They have one of the best hockey players in Alex Ovechkin. And hockey's a weird sport where it's a young man's game, but Ovechkin's had arguably had one of the best years, one of the best seasons of his career, and he's in his 30s. Don't so, need teeth to be good at hockey. Good point. Good point. You don't need to be American either. No. <laughs> no. Sometimes it's a that's, curse. That's probably, that's probably a curse to be American and play hockey, honestly. Just kidding. So the, the defending champs. Are the, the musician that used to play at the bar that made it big, yes. Okay, but, but still humble. But they're humble. Yeah. Because right. I feel like people want to cheer for them. I don't want to cheer for them. They're a cool team. The only reason I would want them to win again is for more celebration videos to come out of Ovechkin with the cup in random in places. In a fountain, by the yeah. way. In Washington, oh, yeah. D.C., in a fountain. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, people are there for that. See, now, this matchup between the Hurricanes here and the Capitals. I um, like the Hurricanes. 
You don't like the Hurricanes? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. They ruined the Alliance of American Football. All right. <laughs> the whole hockey team did the it. The team had nothing to do with it. Okay, so yep. the Carolina Hurricanes, they're the stunt puller, a.k.a. the good time Charlie. This is the guy at the bar that tends to take things a little too far with the jokes. The younger crowd loves him, while some of the older locals want him banned from the bar. No team has been debated more than the Carolina Hurricanes this season, and it's not because they play on the ice. It's about their play after they win. Celebrations, hijinks, um, a little tomfoolery, if you will. These guys do it all. I'm curious to see if they do win a playoff game, if they keep up, up with their hijinks. The old school guys hate them. The new school guys love them. They're having fun out there. I'm biased between the Caps and the Hurricanes. I think this is the best game, uh, the, the, the best teams of the series. So I'm not going to pick a winner from that, but the Hurricanes are having a good time. They are, they are the bat flip of the NHL playoffs. They are the bat flip of the NHL playoffs. In a, in a game that has turned out to be more of not about the fighting, more about just goal scoring, yeah. it's good that the Hurricanes are still having fun out there. They're a bunch of jerks. Okay, a bunch of jerks. <laughs> I, I want that there T-shirt, you, by the way. There he goes. I know, right? I, I want that T-shirt. All right. Islanders are the local hipster guy that went missing four years ago, and they, they finally came back. Where did he go? What was he doing? How come he's got so many more tattoos now? What's the deal with this guy? All right, so the Islanders have only made the playoffs four times in the past 12 years, but they feel right at home. They are intriguing and a favorite this year to win it all. No one, and how many times I've said intriguing, by the way, during this segment, no one knew that the, no one knew what the heck uh, they would do this year. There was either the best team in the NHL or one of the worst teams. Nobody knew. They, they fixed a very porous defense. Robbie Lanier and Thomas Grease have been nothing but fantastic. In, in, in the net for the Islanders. They bank on their defense. They have great goaltending, um, and they're gritty, as they say. They are very NHL gritty. Game. Yeah. Those are the Islanders, the local hipster guy that went missing four years ago. Last but not least, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the middle-aged dad who would stop, who should stop wearing affliction stuff. They were, they were the flashiest team a few years ago, and they're a work in progress due to all the injuries this year. The Penguins are still led by hockey great Sid the Kid Crosby, but someone needs to tell Sid the Kid that he's not a kid anymore. No. He's a grown man. <sighs> There's been a few seasons under his belt. He's still a fantastic player in hockey. I don't like the Penguins, though. I feel like they're a blue-collar team that doesn't play that way, so hence why they're the middle-aged dad who should stop wearing affliction stuff. This has been your 2019 NHL playoff rundown if those teams were in a bar. There's a lot. There's a lot. That, I'm exhausted. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm exhausted, too. Yeah. Uh, 16 teams all in the bar at the same time. Yes. Uh, it's a packed bar. It's a, it's a fun Friday evening. Who are you taking? Uh, the third one. The third one? <laughs> the third one. Who was the third one? I don't, I don't remember. Know. Okay, fine. Kuz, who are you taking? You're going to pay attention. It's fine. The jerks. Fine. The jerks, all right. The jerks. He's taking the hurricanes. I mean, I was pay- I, He's taking the good time Charlies, the stunt pullers. <laughs> don't like good good time Charlies? The good, the old, I don't like the good time Charlies. Okay. They killed the AAF. Okay. Uh, give me the lightning because they're in Florida and we're in Florida. Okay, fair go, enough. Go Tampa Bay. Well, we cooled off with a with a long long segment. Lots of lots of hockey talk, <laughs> by the for way. Anybody the, that's uh, still staying around. Another uh, another reminder that the Jacksonville Icemen yeah, will you. be home for the playoffs next week, Thursday, Friday, and uh, ideally Saturday as well. Uh, so should hopefully get three home games next week. Games three, four, and the if necessary game five, which we are certainly hoping will be necessary after they dropped game one last night in overtime, three to two against the hated Florida Everblades. But it is a catchy name, though. Very catchy. Let's be honest, yeah. I appreciate the, that. Their two biggest rivals are the two names I like the best in the league. Who's the other one? The Orlando Solar Bears. That's good. I mean, 
that's a staple. Like I, I remember being, catchy. I remember they're being in Wisconsin, fun. though, like that was big even in Wisconsin. Yeah, they're so. both fun, catchy names. I, I like them, but I hope they lose. Coos, you got any hot takes for us today? I've to got end the two week. of them. Okay, two hot takes. Let's go. Both of which NFL related, so okay. we'll, we'll switch it over. Uh, the first one's about Fournette. I found it on Reddit. It says, "I know what happened with Fournette isn't horrible, but come on, we all agree one more strike and it's over, right?" No, I don't think so. I don't think one more strike. I don't know if this is. I don't even know if this is going down as a strike on him. To be honest, yeah. I, I, it's stupid. Uh, it's it's an, another sign that he hasn't grown in maturity level, maybe. Uh, but I don't. I wouldn't count this as a strike. I, that's me personally, my opinion on it. Uh, I agree with Stewart, but I'm gonna throw this little, I guess, asterisk next to it. If Dave Caldwell's still here, yes, then he he has a little more leniency because Dave is the one that drafted him, and there's no way Dave's gonna let him go because if Dave lets him go, that means that Dave failed as a G, as a general manager, and uh, nothing takes the fan base more off than missing on your first round draft pick. So. Fournette's still on the team. I think he still has a pretty long leash. But if for some reason a new GM would come in and uh, they're coming in and say the Jaguars do really bad this up-and-coming season, the new GM comes in, he says Fournette, I think he's going to be on a short lease then and maybe one more mistake uh, might have him gone. So, so an- Another big thing that uh, it's one of those stupid rumors that goes around. Uh, those are the best. Yeah, Sean Payton and the Cowboys coaching job has been drawing some comparisons, and he made a comment saying that he's got some Saints tattoos or Florida Lee tattoos that he cannot erase. Do you see anything into it? Do you read into it? Is there anything to these rumors? That he has Florida Lee tattoos? No, that he he might be interested in Cowboys. Why? Right. Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's the big thing that pops into my head when I hear that is why would you leave Drew Brees and the Saints well, to go coach the Cowboys? How many more years does Drew Brees have left, though? That's true. But as an NFL coach, t- tie yourself to that wagon and be like, all right, well, when you're done, I'm out, too, which I would think Belichick should do with Brady. See, I'm going to be honest here. I think he stays in New Orleans, but. Head coaches, they like a challenge. They they like to be yeah. put up in the upper echelons, and they, and they like the they like people knowing about who they are. I think if he was to go to Dallas, have success there, then you can cement him as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I said, all, I mean, he's he's up sure. there. He's in discussion. So I, um, sometimes Eagle gets involved with that. I think it's a challenge enough to win a Super Bowl with a good quarterback, much less going to Dallas and doing it with Dak Prescott. Yeah, and he's an okay quarterback, but he's not Drew Brees. And but, how many titles have they won? They got the one. But let's so, be honest, though. When Drew Brees came to New Orleans, he wasn't that big of a guy either. I no. mean, he was a guy coming off an injury that nobody really gave a shot at. So. Yeah, but he's never going to pay for a drink in his life in New Orleans. Granted, he wouldn't if he went to Dallas right away. But True. I, I think you I think you, you retire as the legend in New Orleans as opposed to the guy who did good in New Orleans but then couldn't get it done in Dallas. Okay, sounds good. Uh, to finish off with the show, Coos came up with another game because the guy just does everything. We're going to list off some predictions, and then we're going to play them back on Monday to see if they come uh, if they come out correct. Accountability, so, I like it. So I'm going to list my predictions real quick for the weekend. I think Max Holloway gets it done by TKO in the fourth round, and I think Lomachenko knocks out his opponent, Krola, in the eighth round. KO. I think we will be reading into some crazy headlines about the Boston Celtics losing their first game to the Pacers in the NBA playoffs this weekend. Ooh. Okay, and I think Jason Day will don the green jacket. 
I'm just changing my pick for the Masters. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hop on the bandwagon, why don't yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, he's he's one shot off the lead right now, so why not? He's playing well. He's got a great story because he, he hurt his back while picking up his daughter before the round yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year, ankle turned Tony. Tony Finau had the great story with the injury, hurting his ankle in the par three contest. <laughs> and then he goes and has a great tournament. So I think there's something to you get mildly hurt early in the week. You come back and have a good weekend. Just tell everybody that you heard it starting up the lawnmower. Don't say you picked up your daughter. That doesn't sound manly at all. Turn in your man card. I mean, he's had the Masters and then turn in your man card. He re-aggravated a back injury that he's had. It's not like that started it. That's not an excuse. Well, well. hey, listen, Brenna always closes out the show his way. I'm going to do it my way. Maybe if Coos has that music propped up here. Because, you know, I mean, I started the show. I'm going to finish it my way, man. And uh, you did it your this way. was our first time hosting together, Stuart. I appreciate you helping me out, man. Uh, special thanks to Will Salmon. Kuz pushing all the right buttons. Marcel Robinson. Kuz, let's close out the show my way. This is us saying goodbye. I want to thank my family. I want to thank Murray State University thank for getting you know, ready. All my friends back home. Brett Marno, we miss you. We'll see you soon. Uh, thanks to musical artist Coos. Coos, thanks for pushing all the right buttons. Thanks to the NHL playoffs. Um, what else we got? I don't know how they fill this time on SNL. I know this is a lot of time. Oh, thanks to all the fans listening in. Thanks to all the fans watching at home. Thanks to the the whiteboard. Thanks to the dry erase marker and dry erase eraser. Yeah, thanks to uh, well everyone who's going to listen on podcasts and Twitter and Facebook and, and all our friends and family and everyone who also goes and watches TV because I'll be on CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight. And thanks for plugging that, that show like 10 times today. You got we, it. We love you guys. We'll Thank see you. ya. Thank have you have a good night. Have a great weekend. Good night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.